This is Micah, Blacklight, aka Angel Artist Hybrid Demon Half Alien Human, person from some other half dimension, sideways speaking, fashion designer, drawer, tattoo artist, illustrator, performance poet, freelance mind blower, person bone, essence killer, mind baby layer. You are listening to 11 o'clock comics. And we are murdering it. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, Jason played nice. Yeah. New Year. New Year, New Jason. Right. Right. Oh, crap. Oh, well. I don't see it in my dress. Really? It's weird. I don't see it. It's not shared with me. Blessing is shared with me. It's definitely not. It's been a long time. Oh, I know. And I, 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 Yeah, so you have to look at it till the day of the oh, Jason, you wooed me. You wooed. I've, I've already been planning. You shared with people. Man, you cut to Dappy Dap? These man? Maybe. So that we're just. The could be Yeah, really. <laughs> if the answers are all Power Rangers, it's my boy. Is that, Vince, <laughs> is that your son's name? No, that's mine. That's an that's an old uh, email address. So should I delete that one? Yes, you should. Okay, good. Christopher, what did you what were you trying to say there, buddy? They've been... I, um, did, did you guys? I, I haven't listened to last week's episode. Did you all do your your Christmas stuff? We did. We we did. We talked okay. all about the charitable endeavors. Yes. Yes. Nice. Okay. So, um, Vince, did you get did you get a comic sent to you? I got a newspaper sent to me. Yes. What was it called? Dude, wait a minute. Everybody, this what a shitty start, man. Seriously, you're it's a, that. Hey, it's eleven o'clock comics episode two hundred and ninety eight, and I'm Vince B. Confused Vince B. Are you? I kinda am. I could be Vince B. You could. You got But then but then I would put like music interludes. Oh. Then you wouldn't be Vince you don't B. Like that. And you don't like that. I don't. That's okay. That's not my thumbprint, that's your thumbprint. That's exactly. uniquely. And that's okay. That's it okay. is okay. Um uh, hi, I'm I'm Christopher Naisman. It's good to be back. I feel like I've been gone for like three months. Hallelujah. Happy New Year, Christopher. Happy hi, New Year. I'm uh, uh, um, David Price. Merry New Year, and I'm every woman. It's all in me. <laughs> we can be. All right, Christopher. Yeah. Really? <laughs> are you that rusty? I am rusty. Rusty titwig. No, you are not. Merry New Year, whatever the hell you said that I didn't oh hear. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> you were. What were you just doing? I was opening the envelope that I have to tell Chris about. Dude, it was great. I said, I'm every woman. It's all in me. You're not every woman, and it's not all in you. You're Jason. I've ruined it. You're Jason Wooten, everybody. I apologize in advance to all of those people who might think this is how we always sound. No, we don't. And you don't have to be every... Wait, wait a minute. Every woman and every man can get it's massive Oprah. discounts. Were you, wait, were you Oprah? No. At our sponsor, Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you can get your favorite funny books and collectibles at huge discounts, 35 to 75% off their monthly spotlight specials. Um, obviously, the new order is not up yet, unfortunately. But, as I always say, you will get discounts both deep and plentiful. Uh, they do not mind late orders or late or order editions. Uh, you can get your previews damn cheap, buck and change. And if you're a very first time customer, if you're a DCBS virgin, you can get an extra 8% off your already massively discounted order by entering the code that the lovely David A. Price will tell you into the pre-moistened, well-lubricated and manicured slot. David, what's that code? EOC8. EOC, eight, three letters and a number, gets you an extra 8% off. It's crazy. Amazing discounts. Discount, that's why they call them discount comic book service. DCBService.com. Boom. Let's get back on track here. Christopher. From Shakalaka. This is not, um, it's from mm-hmm. Chad it's from, Corey. Yeah, is it from the Post family? Yes. Yes. Trouble Club. Yes. It looks. Trouble Club, Trouble Club number five? Yes, it looks awesome, but I, as I said, I didn't read it yet. Should I have? No. Okay. No, no, you didn't have to have. Um, but that is that is something that I saw that I was like, you know what? I really need to send this to Vince because this looks like something that Vince would would really enjoy. And it all came from Cards Against Humanity. Have you guys played cards? Mm-hmm. Sure. And it's from Cards Against Humanity. is actually based here in Chicago, which I didn't know. Until I was uh, alerted to their twelve days of Christmas, and if you haven't played uh, Cards Against Humanity, it's a it's a great party game. It's 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 a it's a great game for horrible people. I think is the the tagline, and it, we love playing it here. And they did a twelve uh, days of Christmas, and they called it uh, their holiday bullshit. And so you paid twelve dollars. Over 12 days, they sent you uh, a different uh, gift of of some sort, and a lot of them were just like little card expansions. <laughs> uh, they sent a lump of coal one day. Uh, they sent uh, a, a, a new game called Clusterfuck that some some people that they know ha- have developed. Um, they did uh, they did this amazing uh, charitable donation. Uh, of, um, oh gosh, who was it? Uh, the, the charity, um, for teachers, where teachers can put, it's, uh, Donors Choose. Whoa. Are you guys, are you guys familiar? Are you familiar with Donors Choose? It does sound familiar. I cannot say that I am. If you go to donorschoose.org, it is a, uh, basically a charity where teachers sign up for projects that they want to have funded for their classrooms and cards against humanity 
donated over $120,000 to Donors Choose, which is amazing. Um, my, my company that I work for, it's a fitness company. There was a local teacher here in Chicago that had signed up on Donors Choose that wanted to supply their entire classroom with the uh, blow-up exercise balls to use instead of chairs because it helps posture and helps kids stay more uh, attuned to what's going on and, and be more attentive. And so we donated for their entire classroom to have exercise balls, and we did that through Donors Choose. So anyway, Cards Against Humanity did that as well. But one of the things, to a long story even longer, one of the things that they did was a set of drawings from the Post family, which is a group here in Chicago that does a lot of different types of art and performance and printing and just nutty stuff that if I was... Um, 15 years younger, I would probably be very excited and try and be a part of, but they also do comics. And so, Vince, have you taken a look at it? I have. It's raw, dude. Yeah, that's what I thought. I love Saki. The, it's like, um, you know, what's that crime dog? McGriff or whatever, McGuff, whatever. McGruff. Yeah, McGruff. But this is called Sackley, the crime dog, or the, he is a crime ridden dog, and he's standing there in a trench coat holding his balls, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, these two kids, look what I found in Dad's pants. And it's a little little bag of something, white. And the dog comes out from the corner and says, Hold it right there, kiddos. I'm afraid that coin pay- purse is not for children. And while the dog is shooting up, he makes the boys strip down to their underwear. And he's taking videos of them. <laughs> it's fucked up. It's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. It's, but there's... Um, it, you want to know who's in this? There's a lot of really good creators. In there. Yes, Nate Beatty, Grant Reynolds, Laura Park, Jeremy Tinder, Aaron Reiner, Edie Fake, Rachel Niffenegger, Bernie McGovern, Lily Carey, Corrine Mucha, Lily Carey, Lily Carey, sorry, Jeffrey Brown, Lucy Kinsley, Becca Taylor, Jose Garibaldi, Joshua Cotter, who we we know him, mm-hmm. we know a lot of these people. Joe Tallarico, On Smith's in here, Laura Hill, Lyra Hill, and Sam Sharp. Carrie Vinarski, Ezra Clayton Daniels, Craig Thompson, uh, Thorne Brandt, Erica Moan, Antoine Dode, and Longstreth is in here too. Alec nice. Longstreth, yeah. But I gotta ask, um, it's a, it's a tabloid newspaper, and it, what is it, eight pages? Ten pages? For mature readers, mm-hmm. eight bucks? Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's, well, it's it, a Christmas present. No, I mean, I lo- yes, but uh, <laughs> no, it's and it's all full color, which is probably why it's eight bucks. Full color and printing, it's probably, and probably you know very limited. Oh sure, on it, so, yeah sure. Yeah. But I figure you would dig it. Oh, I do dig it. I'm gonna read it for next yeah. week. There's a lot of nakedness in here. There you go. Yeah. Merry New Year. Nice. But it, but it's Trouble Club and it's T R U B B L E Club. Right. Uh, Find it at the, the postfamily.com and just go to their store and it's uh, and it's Trouble Club. And it comes with a sticker. Cool. I, th- I think, because mine did. Sticker? I hardly know her. <laughs> ah. Look at that. Us starting off right off the bat with comics. Cutting edge comic yeah. stuff. It's amazing. New Year. Who are we? New Year. I know. New Year, new podcast. What do you mean? You're acting like we haven't talked about comics. We're going to start integrating pro wrestling a lot more in 2012 oh, I can't wait. <laughs> well what i think i told you one of the guys i work with does a, a wrestling podcast really oh, yes really yes yeah you did. yeah I, I, anybody check it out 
I checked out the website. I didn't check out the podcast yet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Um, it's uh, uh, Rich Krejci. Um, What's up, Rich? Yeah, he's a good guy, and he 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 digs the wrestling. But it's a uh, um, it's a uh, kind of a a thinking man's wrestling podcast. Well, that's good. <laughs> it's uh, no wrong with that. Uh, what the? Uh, let me see if I can find. It's like truewrestling.com. What is it? Um, you guys go ahead. I'll find it. Okay. Hey, everybody. What are you drinking? Oh yeah, Jason. Go for it, Jason, what are you sucking on besides the usual? Uh, ex- except for my lollipop. Um, <laughs> <Come> <laughs> I'm, uh, I am drinking some Corte Orsini, which is a Tuscan uh, house blend. Uh, for those who care, it's uh, 50% Sangiovese, 30% Cab, and 20% Merlot. Wow. It's great. I, look at 2009 David. vintage. Very good. Sweet. Nice and dry. Love me. Need some dry red ones. Well, I'm, dr- I'm drinking Diet Cola, Diet Coca Cola with lime. Yeah. Da- uh, David, what's your drink? That's a new resolution. You need to start drinking on Wednesdays. Yeah. Um, I went to the uh, to the liquor store looking for um, a couple of things this week, and one of the items was um, the uh, the blend that Jason. Well, no, not the blend, but the the, the wine that Jason was recommending. The um, from uh, from Argentina, the, close the, to Los the, Yes, 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 yes. Oh, what'd you think? No, no, no. I went there looking for it. Oh, they didn't have it. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so the guy could recommend a couple things that were like it because he's they were just they were out. It's not something that they get in quite often, but he's familiar with it. They just were out. So uh, he recommended uh, Amado Sur, which is a seventy uh, percent Malbec. 18% uh, Bernarda and 12% Syrah. Mm. And it is also from Argentina. And um, it is my, I, I just, I uncorked it right before I sat down to record. So I haven't really had much, had any of it yet. So I will let you know what I think as I drink Respect. it. Nice. Nice. Hey, Chris. The uh, the name of my buddy's podcast is Voices of Wrestling, mm-hmm. so go to voicesofwrestling.com dot com and you can uh, and you can check that out. Uh, and I am uh, I'm going to Wisconsin uh, this weekend to to curl, and so I figured I would get in the mood with some New Glarus, and so I am drinking their New Glarus Winter Warmer, which is a, a, a wonderful uh, uh, heavier ale for them than. Uh, than a lot of the other stuff that uh, that you will have, it's not in the, the same vein as the uh, um, the spotted cow, but it is uh, it is uh, super yummy. It's kind of a mm. nice amber amber uh, winter ale. Very nice. Cool. Enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I vow to listen to Voices of Wrestling. Go. See what I did there. I will not be in Wisconsin this weekend, but I will be braving the frigid elements in Philadelphia. Look yeah, you, you guys got some cold weather coming your way, don't you? Yeah, a little bit. Well, yeah. it's blizzarding it's right now, yeah. but uh, I'll snowing be... snowing uh, here for three days. I will be parked outside of uh, Lincoln Financial Field in preparation for our 8.30 p.m. playoff uh, game on Saturday night. Oh, the, with the boys. We don't, know, we don't know what playoff football is here. <laughs> What's that? The boys. No, not with the boys, no. With my buddies <laughs> and I who have season tickets. Oh, okay. My bad. 
Yeah. <laughs> Come on, no, son. They, they don't. They don't get to go to play. None of us. Are, none of us are, are kind enough to give up uh, playoff tickets to uh, to children. That's not. Like no, no. Happen. Okay. Ah, oh, I'm so happy we could do this. I didn't think we were going to be able to. Why not? What, what with this weather and all. You what never know. They're do it. Oh, please. Well, we're not on, on the island. We're not on the coast. The so Comcast, the give me a the break. The aren't going to be stupid wicked. It's it's going to be cold, but I don't. I'm not expecting huge wind gusts in my neck of the woods. Okay, all right. Well, let's just do this while we have the opportunity. What are, let me do it. What are, what are we reading? Comics. What aren't we reading, dude? That's right. I have I've got a couple quick thank yous because I I didn't you read it on the Christmas should, stuff. Yes. Um, uh, big thank you to uh to John Wimmer who sent me um the hardcover for uh Baltimore the Plague Ships. Nice. As I'm starting to collect the uh, the Baltimore stuff in hardcover, so thank you very very much, John. He's such a nice guy. And a uh, big thank you to uh, to Roland who sent me a really I it, I didn't have much on my on my Amazon gift list, so he sent me a really nice uh, Amazon gift card, which will be used to probably purchase the uh, um, the Uncanny X Men Omnibus Volume Two when it comes awesome. out. Yes. So thank you guys. Big big. Big thumbs up. If you're getting the Baltimore stuff, you should also investigate the Sledgehammer 44. Have you read that? Oh, I am getting the Baltimore stuff, but I'm not getting the Sledgehammer stuff. Why? I don't know. I just didn't know much about it. Oh, it's sweet. And, uh, it's, it's in the, it's in the same universe. I'm, I'm sure they'll eventually cross over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. And, and it's Mignola and Arcudi, I think, too. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice stuff. Yeah. And you guys went through all of the, uh, the the charity stuff last week. Yes, we did. We did, including yours. Yeah, including Safe Humane. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. they did good work. Thank you. Got a lot of positive feedback this week too on we, our decision to do it. Did that way. yeah, I think we should do that every year. Yeah, people were all into it. They uh, yeah, I, th- I would even. I mean, I don't know that anyone came out explicitly and said it, but I got some sense that some people may have even given to a number of the charities uh, after. We so, yeah, it's pretty cool. Fantastic. I already have mine for next year. Nice. Yes, I want you to donate to the Whitney Museum in New York City in um, by way of a year's membership for me. So you're donating oh. to the... Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the old charity starts at home, huh? That's, That's right. right, baby. Hey, they're still getting the money. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> hey, well, you know, in my business, uh, January 1st is an important day because the books close on December 31st and all the money we made is locked in. So even if we lose everybody all their money today, it doesn't matter because you're, you're good. You're good. We got our fees. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yes. All right, comic bookles. Let's talk uh, about them. Quick question. What's that? Uh, because I was just texted this question, and I'm not. Um, I don't want to adamantly say by all means you should get this. I'm just throwing it out to you guys because I didn't read every issue of this. The EOC live text. No, yes, yeah, there you Look go. Look at this. It is, it is from uh, the land down under. It's from Mr. Andrew Shaw. Ooh. And he asks, if the untold tales of Spider-Man is worth picking up. Oh, oh shit, yes. Yes. Okay, all right, because it's $75, and I, I, I'm thinking that's retail, but I'm not sure if... I didn't ask him what if, if it's the entire everything. Yeah, I didn't read it all either, like yourself. But, but I, I did read. I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Oh, shoot, yeah. Had, I mean, Busiak is, is awesome, but um, I, I really like the, 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 the Olaf art in a lot of the issues. It, I don't think you could go wrong with it, but, but I, again, sometimes I consider an omnibus to be something that this is, this is a work of art. If it's Usually, when I think of an omnibus, it's a collection of stories that I read and enjoy. I don't know if I'd get an omnibus because 
I didn't read this, and I want to give it a shot. How many issues did that last anyway? It was a couple of volumes, wasn't it? I, I probably petered out after like 18 or 20. It was one of their 99 cent comics. Right, what? right. Was what was the other one? Professor X and the X-Men or something like that? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to like those 99 cent comics. Yeah. Um, what was the Daredevil one? On the Edge. Over the Edge? Over the Edge. Yeah, it was. I don't think that one lasted very long. It was Daredevil, Electra, some other stuff in it too. But of the the Busick, um, Untold, I, you know how I feel about Olaf. I love his stuff. Yes, you yes, do. yes, you yes. Do. Yeah, and uh, I don't know why I stopped reading it. Probably because I stopped reading Marvel completely. You know how I do, right? Mm-hmm. F them. <laughs> so yeah, but yes. So it's pretty unanimous. We all say yay. Yeah. Okay. okay. That was easy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Next. Yeah, we did, we haven't done a live tweet in a long time. It's true. Yeah. Well, with the holidays and, and everything else, and and with holidays. our <laughs> our quote unquote agendas that we have, you know, right? For the, uh, our agendas. Episodes. Yes. I never have an agenda, dude. Never. You always have a full script. Me? <laughs> yes. Look, Chris giggling like a schoolgirl. Tickle this funny bone. Oh well. It's all funny and shit. I got something. Of course you do. Uh, Dark Horse. What? From Dark Horse. Written by Victor Gishler. Hmm. Illustrated by Juan Ferreira. No, sorry, Ferreira. And color assisted by Eduardo Ferreira, which I'm sure is related. Covers by the uh, inimitable Dave Johnson. I love the title of this book. It's called Kiss Me Satan. Mm-hmm. And it is awesome. Um, the, uh, it is a story really of a guy named Barnabas Black. One of the original fallen angels came down with Lucifer, uh, way back in the day. Lucifer. And, and, and he decided, you know what? Not my scene. This, this is, just, <laughs> this is just wrong. And he reneged and, and tried to get back into heaven. And, uh, the big red dude ain't having it. So uh, he continually sends these retrieval teams of demons, and when I say demons, don't don't mentally picture a traditional demon like a ugly, gigantic tail with the wings and the red. Eye. No, these are, they, for all intents and purposes, they're humans. Actually, smartly dressed humans. So this is like SEAL Team Six meets Dante's Inferno. No, no, because it gets even better. Okay. Uh, so um, the the evil dude keeps sending retrieval teams out to get Barnabas because you know he's he's one of the fallen and and he wants him back. And so Barnabas uh, cooked up a deal with uh, Heaven where he has to work off his um, misdeeds, uh, so to speak, uh, his slights against the uh, the big guy. So he he does Heaven's dirty work. Whenever there's a, a really like black ops for heaven, you know, uh, whenever there's a a uh, something that needs to be done that heaven you know wants to doesn't want their their uh, pretty fingers to to be uh, perceived as being in the pie, they send out Barnabas Black and the so mission. G.I. Joseph, and, right? And, and the mission that he's currently on uh, is to protect a coven of witches. Why? Well, turns out that uh, New Orleans is uh, ruled by a pack of werewolves. 
they're they're in control of all the rackets like drugs uh, prostitution protection rackets um and and the leader of these werewolves his name's Cassian Steele his wife is with child uh his wife Meredith I think her name is and um so if you're the leader of a, a you know the big head honcho of a pack of werewolves you want to pass on the mantle to your son right which uh, no doubt. yeah uh, so what what the werewolves do in times like this is they'll bring a witch in, um, and her name is uh, Verona, and she has um, the eye of the fates like built into her head. It's it's a it's a um, a, uh, a mystical artifact that's passed down from witch to witch, and. Um, what it does is it, it it it's all seeing like the eye of Agamotto, right? It uh, it perceives if the child has the mark of the lycanthrope, and if the the child doesn't have the mark of the lycanthrope, it can't assume leadership of the pack. Mm-hmm. So the the werewolves bring the the witches in uh, to assess the situation, and wouldn't you know it, the child does not have the mark. Mm. So Cassian steals in a tough spot. He has to step down because he has no heir. And uh, his second in position, um, Kane, tells him, you know, there's no shame in this, brother. We'll, we'll find a job for you. Just step down. And because and so, he was going to assume leadership because, you know, he has potential, whereas Cassian does not anymore. And Cassian's just like, F this. And so he wolfs out. And so does Kane. And uh, Cassian ends up ripping Kane's throat out. It's like, what the hell did you do? And while this is going on, Verona, she's an old woman, so she knows the score. She gets the hell out of there. She's like, she tells her coven, three other witches, all of them comely little lasses, to get the hell out of here. You know, the shit's going to hit the fan. And sure enough, it does. Because Cassian um, realizes that the witches know that his heir is... uh, uh, he doesn't have one, so she, at the at the risk of the word getting out and him having to abdicate, he sends out contract killers to uh, take down the witches, and that's where Barnabas Platt comes in. He is contracted from uh, heaven to to uh, protect these witches, um, and the shit hits the fan. Everybody and their brother is trying to kill these these uh, these witches. There's a, a monster truck loaded with ninja corpses. Fucking skeletons with like ninja, you know. Um, there's a dude called the Bone Wrangler, uh, a cowboy who can reanimate the dead. It's an amazing splash page too. I think it happens at the end of the uh, second issue. They're in a graveyard, and the, the old cowboy dude has this little talisman of a you know a little skeleton on a on a noose, and all the zombies are coming up out of the ground. It's really it's very Warren esque. It's beautiful stuff. Uh, and then, uh, third issue, Malcolm Drake enters the picture, and he's a warlock, and he makes a, a, a pact with uh, Cassie, and he says, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get the witches for you, but you got to do one thing for me. I want the Eye of the Fates. So there's a whole bunch of plans, a whole bunch of threads going through this thing, um, and it gets really disgusting when, and I don't think I'm spoiling anything for you, the old lady... Um, at one point in the story gets wounded and is pretty much certain she's going to die. And she's like, you guys got to transfer this eye or all is lost. And mm-hmm. to do so, they, her, she, and the recipient of the eye have to be alive. So uh, 
Barnabas has the uh, unenviable task of removing the eye from the old lady with a knife. Uh, E.C. lives, injury to the eye, and he has to transfer it to Verona's uh, comely uh, protege, a Nubian goddess named Zell. And he and he rips her eye out, no anesthetic, nothing, just sticks the knife in her eye. And I'm telling you, they don't. I mean, nothing is spared. It's it's really grisly. It's like like squirm inducing grisly. I loved it, um, and that's where I'm going to leave it off because this. Talk this, to me about the art. The art is gorgeous. Um, let's see, it's very 2000 AD. Um, okay. it, it's full color and uh, beautifully painted, but I'm trying I, through the whole issue. I, I, well, three issues. I was trying to get a handle on who Juan Ferreira looks, whose art his uh, resembles, uh-huh. and I can't. I can't get a handle on it. There's a little bit of Bisley in it. Okay. There, there's some Bisley. There's some uh, Glenn Fabry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's he's got a great knack for color. The his color sense is gorgeous. Let me bring the iPad up here. There's there's one panel where uh, it's a double page splash actually, and uh, Barnabas uh, in the first issue is taking down a pack of werewolves that run that try and get the witches, and he's like, you know what? He, he's narrating to the to the reader, and he said, you know what? That that old adage about silver bullets, yeah, that works, but. Forget about that crap about hitting them in the heart. Any place will do. And he just obliterates a werewolf's head. And it's and it's a beautiful widescreen panel. It's gorgeous. But there's blues. And let me get to the page. Blues and purples. And it's just this lush, gorgeous color. Oranges um, and reds. It's gorgeous. And he uh, Ferreira has this knack of popping the colors by using contrasting color as a holding line. On the other, on, on the opposite side of, say, a figure, like if one side of the figure is 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 purple-ish, he'll pop the 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 other side by using a reddish orange as a highlight. Okay. It's gorgeous, gorgeous, amazing art. But I mean, like I said, it's very 2000 AD in, in that it's it's lush and uh, very. I, I really don't want to say animated. Like I, the 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 most I could say is it. It reminds me a lot of Bisley at his most colorful, but he, the the line is not as ragged as Bisley's. It, it's a it's a cleaner, more um, more faithful line. It, it's not as expressive. Nah, that's not true either. Damn it! I'm trying to get a handle on this art, and it's really hard. Um, but for those of uh, the, our listeners who are familiar with the White Wolf um, World of Darkness stuff, this is right in that zone. I mean, there's werewolves, vampires, mages. I mean, it could be the White Wolf universe. It really could. Um, if if this came out back in the day, say mid '90s, in in the beginning of uh, what White White Wolf used to do is in their game manuals, they would put comics in them. In like say the first eight pages would be comics and that would lead you into the, the gaming manual pop proper, which was mostly text with like spot illustrations. But they did have some full color comics in their stuff. This would fit perfectly in the White Wolf universe. It's 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 in the zone. But man, I loved it. Uh and Dave Johnson's covers? Holy shit. If if you picked all time best cover artists, he has to be at least Top twenty, wouldn't you say? Well, he certainly uh, 
is uh, the man which, uh, when it comes to drawing on a on a, a Woodrow Jam piece. Uh, there you go. Self promotion is <laughs> the best. <laughs> no, I mean he's he's great. He's and his sense of design is just impeccable. Yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah, Johnson just does great um, design work and figure work. I mean, he draws like a son of a bitch too. But I love this series. It's 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 so made I'm sorry. I, maybe you already. I I must. If you I apologize if I missed this detail. Is it a limited series? Is it over? Is it yeah, ongoing? I think it's it's four issues. And but, it's complete. Yeah, but I'm guessing um, it, it'll. Morph it, it'll probably be the Hellboy model. I'm sure we'll see more of this character in this this universe because it's great. It, it it really tripped all the all the right uh, triggers. Loved it, and it's vicious. Holy Christ! Um, like I said, everybody's trying to kill everybody. The um, Meredith actually she does give birth to to the boy at one one point, and the. Uh, if if you're a clan of werewolves, you have to be very particular in in whom you employ for like uh, medical purposes. So they have their own like resident doctor and nurses and stuff. And when the doctor picks up that, yo, this kid does not have the mark, shit hits the fan, and you mm-hmm. you see, well, I won't tell you what happens, but you see his head explode. It's one of those um, hard boiled type images where you see the person doing the shooting and the hole created by the firearm and you're looking through it at the person shooting it's like you know hard boiled the front cover hard boiled sure. it's kind of like that but it's a lot stickier there's friggin blood all over the place and his head's exploding like right in your lap it's great it's amazing stuff you guys you just you guys don't trip on the horror stuff do you no, I mean, I don't think it's that I think that you're catching us off guard none of us have read it so we don't oh it's fantastic I, mean, I, I could um Yes, I could. I can introduce you to this later on. Cool. There you go. What <laughs> doing? You just more than introduced us to it right now. Yeah, you got to see it. It's great. I mean, how would you compare it to say? Uh, I mean, you do read a lot more horror than us, but in in the pantheon of eleven o'clock it's horror books. I mean, where would this rank? I know revival is probably going to be hard for you to, to beat for you this year. Oh, oh yeah, no, th- yeah, this um, is it's it's no, it doesn't have the depth of revival. No, it, mm-hmm. but it, it's it. I don't think it was intended to. It's 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 like a summer blockbuster with horror elements. Okay. Maybe it's just all action. Um, there, there, you know, there's a set piece every couple pages. There's, there's a lot of character interaction. The characters are not one note characters. They're, they're, they're pretty deep. Um, fleshed out amazingly so, but it's more focused on, on the, the fights. Uh, think a Hong Kong horror film with, you know, you have your fight set pieces and then you have your horror elements and then you have your getaway chases it's a summer movie is what it is with horror elements yeah yeah and you know i'm not going to fault it for that it it hit me it it was right in the pocket It, it was exactly what i needed it wasn't i didn't have to invest a shitload of time into it or do any research i just sat down started reading the first issue and just pulled me right in oh that's perfect man yeah yeah. i mean there's something to be said. We we sometimes over, we forget about the importance of being entertained by media. You know. Yeah, it's when uh, when they finally collect it, it's going to. And I'm sure, I'm hoping that uh, Richardson does that cheap ass hardcover treatment for this. You know, the 17 buck hardcover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope they do that because the art certainly merits it, and the, and the story does too. It's great stuff. Sweet. Yeah. Very cool. Yep. Well, as soon as you're done being selfish and you're ready to share it with us, maybe I'll read oh, it. Oh, look why? Yeah. <laughs> look at you. 
That's right. I'll trade so you. So Vince, yeah, I had to, I had to say you were right again. <laughs> Woo hoo! Damn, Vince has been right a lot lately with Chris. What's I this? Know. Um, I got the uh, uh, the best of Punk magazine. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? Don't give me praise for that because that's a oh, no brainer. I can't. Holy keep... good God, is it awesome? Yeah, it is. It's, it's. I mean, we're off the beaten path of 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 comics here, even though there are some comics in it. But, um, holy God, is it good? It's so, yeah. It's if you are if if you are a fan of of music, especially punk or fanzines, it, or anything that happened in the uh, mid late seventies and early eighties, yeah. this is an absolute time capsule of right. that and, and it's it loaded with comics though it's just that i would mm-hmm. say i would say at least half of them are not traditional comics in a sense yeah. that you know uh, what stan it's a, it's a punk fancy yeah what stan used to call fumetti which is really They're, not yeah. fumetti it's just photo yeah. comics um yeah. and uh there's the comics the, for people that can't draw the, yeah the, the, the do it well how much can holstrom do you know, he did. Well, I mean, yeah. Holmstrom. He. Uh, I was talking to Windorf about this, and um, oh, he his, would know. Well, his old band Trapnel was actually in uh, a punk magazine. Nice. Kind of later, later years. Um, also, in I think an issue of Frank Miller was like a fan of his band and put Shrapnel in in one of. Uh, uh, it was either Daredevil or No Spider. Kidding. Yeah, and uh, I remember uh, hearing that somewhere. Now that you mention it, it very did cool. Dave tell so, me that? I don't know, uh, but go ahead. Yeah, but um, Holmes, he hand-lettered every damn issue of these things. Like, that's why, yes, you put hand-lettering in something, I'm all over it. That's it's insane. Because Man, it's so insane. personal. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that's why, I mean, I, I don't know if you've experienced it, but Robert Crumb's Weirdo, that's all hand-lettered. The the all every text piece in that magazine was hand lettered by by Crumb and company, and, it's just, and you look at it and it's just so personal. It's it's like you're eavesdropping on their little journals, or you know what I mean? They're the like a like a letter they 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 hand wrote to someone. It's beautiful stuff. I don't know why everybody doesn't do that. I would love to see a return of fanzines, but it, we're we're too digital now. It'll yeah. never happen. But man, fanzines were awesome. They were. God, they, it was just such a so much. I mean, it was definitely a precursor to blogging and... Right, I was going to say, I mean, zines are kind of like blogs now, but yeah. yeah. Um, but they were, they were tactile. Yes. And they, and, and they, there wasn't the, um, you didn't have, I, I could read Amazing Heroes and just, it'd be filled with tons of information that I would just absorb. You'd get to the letters page and that was the interaction. There was no instant connection where the fans had the opportunity to belittle anybody else or the writer of the article or make fun of people who liked something else. And it wasn't, it wasn't all, all, all that dirty. Just over conversations at bars and yeah. And, right. And yeah. You had to know the people here. You can be faceless and anonymous in the internet age, but, but I mean, reading amazing heroes and, and reading common distractions to find out what's coming out in two weeks, reading sure. the, the, the reviews from, from R.A. Jones or, or any, or, um, uh, Andy Mangles. It just, I loved every issue of amazing heroes and, 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 to, even to if it wasn't comics journal. yeah even if it wasn't even if they didn't contain stuff that you wanted to read about right, it right. was still a good read because Absolutely. yeah because yeah. then there was something in there even if even if the cover story was about um 
the uh, you know the, the Sunday Review magazine where they're going to uh, start reprinting Gasoline Alley again. Right. That's fine for a cover story, but then you get somewhere and someone's going to dissect the history of a few years worth of of Batman or Miller's Daredevil or just something that you there's always something in there in an issue that that you can just sit down and be entertained by and how how much does it boggle your mind that that came out of fanographics of all places i know and yeah. it was, uh, but but very smart people who but but you had people like like mark wade mm-hmm. who was an editor you had i mean it, people who who went on to do other things in in the, the capes and cowl side of things that that was amazing heroes was for the comic book fan whereas comics journal was for not not the snob, but definitely yeah, more not, often than not, not the yeah. same. It wasn't <laughs> the same demographic, so right, definitely wasn't the both. same demographic. And um, but it didn't. I would I would look for um, a comics feature on the newsstand. A comic scene I absolutely loved because that was huge and four color, and it was is it looked and just raw. like Starlog. It was raw. Got comics. Well, Starlog. God, I used to love that. Yeah. It was but, awesome. I yeah, Starlog was great. I, I, I love those days. It, it, I have and a yeah, shitload we, of them. We can't have that now because of of the genie in the internet. But it's yeah, no, I I I am absolutely with Chris. Yeah, fanzines are, and I know Chris feels that way. I know I know Bean feels that way. There are a yeah. lot of people who you know I. There's still um, diehards out there that are that are still like. Comet Puffs. They're still doing it the old-fashioned way. Well, and, and, actually, and, and um, there's a collection. There are collections out of um, David Anthony Kraft's Comics Interview. Yes. Where they're just reprinting the telephone poem-sized volumes of, of Comics Interview, which I think is... And, and that's something... Comics Interview is, is, unlike Amazing Heroes, something like that is... that. That's more of a time capsule because it's just someone sitting across from a creator and you're talking about whether it's their entire body of work up to that point or a certain storyline, but it's, that's one-on-one, so that's a conversation that, that you're, that's more of, of, of a time capsule than I would. Right. Cause, cause Amazing Heroes, like, you could find out what's shipping in, in March of 1988, but, you know, that's not really, that's great if you're a statistician, but you, you, that's not relevant to, to now. Right. One of the things I think Don and Maggie uh, missed the boat on um, was I have no idea why CBG was never archived digitally. Yeah. They could have made, uh, you know, it could have been a nice little cottage industry, just take a 100 issues or so of CBG, slap them on a CD. I mean, I know they did some, but that that entire run should have been preserved because... I remember back in the day getting CBG, and it was like a Sunday newspaper at one point. Yep. It was thick as a brick. Yeah, that's for and, sure. And you would spend, well, not you, I would spend the better part of like a week or two just pouring over all the ads. And there were so many of them, it would take you that long to read them all. Because uh, they would offer subscription deals where you would get like a little spot ad with your subscription and depending on how many, you know, years you got it for, you would get more than one. And then everybody and their brother, since it was the only outlet to sell comics then, would advertise in CBG. I mean, if you sold comics, you were in CBG. Yeah. Right? And, and it wasn't just like send for complete catalog. They would list everything that they had for sale in the, in the, 
CBG along with prices, and you you could pour over it and just say, "Oh, Fantastic Four, fifty-eight. I need that. What? Six bucks? Okay, I'm there. Not six bucks now, but <laughs> yeah. back back in the day, it was. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. CBG was great, and and um, it has never been completely archived. Sucks. Yeah. And when yeah, you you were throwing out zines, David, comic reader, how cool would that be to get all that? Wow. Yeah. Yep. Because I'm sure that that was printed on um, the crappiest newsprint uh, available at the time. I'm yeah. sure the the existing copies of that are starting to turn uh, nice chocolatey brown at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well. Wah, wah, wah. Damn, Internet. We sound like a bunch of old farts now, don't we? I hate the Internet. The podcasts are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's why, isn't it cool that uh, Fanagraphics is doing Wits End? Because that's around the same Might time. Be. Yep. You getting that box set? When I'm, it comes out. I'm getting it. Can't you you got to get it. I've had it. Wally Wood. There was a Wally Wood thing um, in this uh, previews or the last previews. What was it? Uh, was it Canon? The complete Canon, I yep. think. God, yeah. I can't wait. Oh, it's about damn time. Yep. I noticed the. Um, you guys um, talked. Uh, artist edition. What, what's your, what's your? Hang, I, I saw on the forum. What's your hang up with the, uh, the new, new God artist edition? <laughs> People freaking out. About it's it. not oh, consecutive. What's wrong with it? okay. Not consecutive. And I, I, I'm like I said. I, I have that. Every re- issue should read like a first issue. Vince. I, I, <laughs> I would love to buy it, but I, I can't justify a hundred bucks on something that's just going to sit on the shelf for when I. Yeah, I passed up on it myself. Yeah, yeah. it's hard. It's hard. Most of and most it's... my artist editions do just that. And speaking of Wally Wood, that artist edition goes for major cheddar these oh, for days. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Well, most of them yeah. do because they're OOP. I mean, Ooh. you know. Yeah. How about the Sergio one? <laughs> no, that one's no. Uh, still available. <laughs> that one's still very available. <laughs> Always got to bring this shit Vince, up. You know what, though? I, I am going to order the peanuts one. Uh, that's. Oh, I'm glad. That's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. I, I think like Sparky's work one. needs to be seen uh, original size. What's that? Sparky's work needs to be seen original size. Mm. Yeah. Guy was a master. Mm-hmm. They were talking about um, what a visionary um, Schultz was, especially. Was it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And one of the uh, examples, uh, one of the top examples was the introduction of Franklin, an African-American character. Well, you know what? I have to be honest, I never really thought of it, but that's I can understand where, where that's coming from. Yep. And you can dissect it and go with the lesbians, too. You don't really know she's a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> and Marcy. Yeah, yeah really. Uh, we'll be right hilarious. back. we got to go munch on some rug. <laughs> that's <laughs> dirty. That's dirty. <laughs> Uh, I love I love peanuts. That's why I can't I can't get down you with do love peanuts. I can't get down <laughs> with <laughs> Percy on my cheek. I can't get down with the boom or the kaboom version. I just can't do it. Nah, nah. I can't have that either. Heresy. Nope. Yep. Can't have it. Can't have it. Nope. Nope. So what did you guys read? I said I you said before that you both um read something. Uh Yes we did. What was it? Yep. I want to know. It was, it was a Marvel Point Now book. It's, it's really ridiculous. I, I, I mean, I'm loving. <laughs> I don't even Marvel know what number it is. It's, it's the previews now is an absolute. It's like a fucking. You, you need, you need a Rosetta Stone to decipher. <laughs> because there's, it's like, there's dual numbers on some of them. It's right? like twenty four point now equals an, 
volume six, number one. Like it's like uh, okay. You see the guys at Overstreet pulling their hair out. Oh, jeez, how do we how do we list this? I can only imagine what like guys like John Mayo that do those like they must lose their minds because they got all this this spreadsheets databases. Yeah, it's got to be hard for guys like that and like the Comic Chronicles guys and stuff. But um, yeah, so David and I read. Uh, I guess it's what twenty four point now, otherwise yeah. known as number one of Avengers volume. Yeah, that was the other thing. Six. It's it's. it's well, it's it's still considered Avengers Volume Five, but because it's the first part of a new story, it's and on the cover it says Rogue Planet. Oh, this is the Rogue Planet thing, yeah. Big ass number one on the cover. This is the first part, but it's it's so it's the it's the first issue of this story, mm-hmm. aka Twenty Four Point Now of Volume Five that's of Hickman's right. Avengers. With that's the one Ribic did, right? It's yes. it's primarily Ribic along with some Diodato and um um uh, uh Butch Guys. No it, kidding. I and David's alluding to I mean it's yeah, I I, I love Ribic. Like I love Ribic. Um I don't I I mean Diodato's fine and it, it, LaRocca it, also. And uh Wow. What's that? LaRocca. It's primarily Ribic with LaRocca, Diodato and Guys. Right, so I was gonna say I, I like all those guys individual. Well, except for Larocca, but um, but but the boys, uh, the boys get but I don't think their styles lend themselves well to sharing an issue. Now tell no, me, are, are there different sections like different? Not really, because oh. it's like it's like here's the planet. You turn the page, and there is a few of the characters on that planet just drawn by someone else. Well, they had to get it done. That that really doesn't bother it me. Is, much. I mean, it is slightly larger really? because when I, no. when I went <laughs> when I went to um. But Ribic's been off of like Thor got a thunder for a while, so it's not like he's been slammed with with monthly consecutive work. Well, and right. especially again, I mean, I know this is a minor nit, and there's some people saying who cares. But when you solicit something by Ribic, and then I get four artists, that's not. Right. And it's and and it is it does say on the cover Hickman Ribic. It doesn't address the other three guys on the cover. You don't know they're on it until you get into the into the credits page. As far as uh, direct market, doesn't that make it returnable? When they do stuff like that? Oh, I, I don't. I mean, it may. I, I don't. But I, don't I didn't. Know. I didn't look at previews, so I don't know if if maybe they were also listed on in previews. But it, it's um, it's just it, it's more the sign of the times because even if you go through your comicsology library and you just go to see the creators on the issue, um, I'm not even sure if they are. Uh, let's see. Um, well, as I look for, it. but it it is. I told Jason that. Um, it was, uh, yeah, no, it just is written by Hickman, art by Ribic, and cover by Ribic. So even, even Comicsology doesn't list all of the artists. But I, my, my, um, description of the issue to Jason today was that it was a, uh, it was an Iron Man comic, which just happened to have some Avengers in it. Wow. <laughs> so what's the gist of the Rogue Planet? When David asked me, told me that, and then I read it. Um, it sounds like I probably enjoyed it a little more than David, because, I thought it was cool in that it was it paid homage to like the X Men used to have after a big event or a big to do. Absolutely, they played baseball. Little, they weren't playing baseball, but they were having a barbecue. <laughs> and, they were yeah. shooting, and they were shooting shit off the roof of uh, Avengers Tower. Yeah, play, um, the Costa Sunspot and Hawkeye were having a little bet, and the winner got uh, the winner got a Ferrari. Nice. And, and then, the, but I actually, I mean, the the page where they were in the barbecue, I actually found so funny that I read it to my my, my sons. I, I was like, dude, you got to hear this. Um, oh, it's so, Thor. Yeah, it was Thor. Yeah. It was. I mean, it was. Uh, they're they're Thor's like working this big ass 
like pit barbecue and uh and like uh what's her name? I guess it's Protector, right? Yeah. Uh, Protector's there and you know a bunch of people are like and what's what's ridiculous is that they're all in costume. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, of course they are. Instead of like uh, Verily. Thor wearing an apron. <laughs> yeah, Thor's just chilling. Wait. But and, <laughs> and it's like and then she's like, Oh, what do you got there? And he's like, I've prepared steaks, hamburgers, and veggie burgers. Furthermore, I have grilled the hot dog. Though the quality of this meat seems questionable, <laughs> this I cannot recommend. And then he says under his breath, I also attempted a lobster, but the beast defeated me. <laughs> and, uh, and then like after he says that, freaking they should, the next panel is protector with a big, big ass smile on her face going, yeah, I'll have a hot dog. And then, uh, Cannibal's like, me too. And then Thor's like, such bravery, two dogs each. Like, <laughs> I think that's great. Like, I, I love that. I think that's, I like, enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. Otherwise it's, and then the next page there, uh, the, uh, Captain Universe says she wants pie. And then Thor's like, we, we have pies. Bring forth the pies. And then Hulk comes out with like 8,000 pies he's carrying. Like he's like Atlas carrying the planet. And, uh, there's mead pie and beer pie. Yeah, they're having fun. And yeah. then, and then like Captain Marvel and, um, and, and Spider Woman, or uh, Black Widow and Spider Woman are sitting there eating the pie. And, and, and Spider Woman's like, uh, you know, if you had told me, uh, you know, a day ago that I'd be eating beer pie, I'd say, I'd say it's disgusting, but, you know, now I'm completely sold. And then, uh, and then Blackwood was like, yeah, it's the good stuff, Jess, you know, like, so it was fun. Like they had some fun with it, you know, like it was kind of like they were just decompressing for a minute, you know, being human, which I dug. Yeah. Um, See, that to me is infinitely more interesting than similar conversations in a setting where they're just all watching TV. You know what I mean? Cause they're yes, interacting I, and they're, it. And and that and that setting, the interaction there was was that was that was the high point of the issue for me. Wow. I'm not saying the rest of the issue was bad. It's just that the the focus was oh and 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 the other big announcement in this issue was that um harkens back to when the series first launched and Captain America and Iron Man or Tony and Steve were talking about creating this team and Tony is explaining to cap that uh you know it's organic and it 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 right. needs to breathe and and be its own beast you don't have to micromanage it and and um they need a, cap, a and, bigger avengers well that's the thing see because and yeah so whether or not they always need 24 heroes it, that it, that's nice to have those slots available because because tony's like listen you know night mask and Starbrand, they may be members of the team they may not be needed for like every mission but you see them looking at the um looking at all the looking at the roster and and cap is like i am i'm uh i'm taking wolverine off the team thank you he's stretched too thin yes uh um so (laughs) whether he likes it or not i'm i'm pulling him off the board and then he goes and says Mm -hmm. Spider-Man has been incredibly erratic, so I'm yep. debating. To Thank be you. Yeah, and, it's awesome. See, that's and, what I'm saying. I liked it a lot. Yes, and I, I I enjoyed these parts of it, and and the time travel again. It's it's one of those things where right now, whether it's Spidey 2099, whether it's all new X-Men, um, with uh, Hulk Agent of Time, there seems to be just when when you when you're just reading an issue here and there, it it. It's fine because you're just, you're engrossed in that story. But when you sit back and you look at the overall landscape of the Marvel titles, there is a shit ton of time travel happening. Yeah. That, is, that is true. Yeah. yeah. So this was, this was a neat take on it because we see an Iron Man, the Iron Man of 3030, 
Right. As it's well, a homage to Arno Stark, right? Man of twenty twenty. And it is, uh, and and the reveal of who who the Iron Man is is pretty neat. Uh, although they kind of, I think, think I think the, the thousand years, like I think uh, that the, the character calling the other character Grandpa, I think is a little <laughs> off because I don't think uh, Grandpa would be a thousand years, you know, maybe great great Grandpa, but I mean, but yeah. Suck it, Grandpa. And you also have a Richards in the future. So, oh, I mean, re- well. Need seeing that. Is that from when I'm reading in Fantastic Four? I is can't it? answer that. Cause it's, I don't... it's the same version of that character, yeah. Oh, okay. nice. Um, which, again, makes sense because Hickman's just telling his story. Yeah. Um, but there was, it, it, when I say that it was, um, it, it felt like an Iron Man story to me is that it was, I mean, the, the, the character from the future is coming back to see Iron Man. There's a lot of Iron Man tech in the issue. And, and I mean, and it's still an Avengers story because the team has to get together to work to, to, to fix, to solve this problem that, that, that's going to happen. It was, um, it, after reading, you know, um, Infinity and all of the other Hickman to Avengers books leading up to Infinity, th- this just, this was a lot of Iron Man in this issue for me. Um, See, I, something you said doesn't rub right to me. As a tactician like Steve or Tony, if they're leading the Avengers, why in the hell would you not want Starbrand on your team like all the time? No, so, somebody that incredibly powerful, he's like, that's really, in a lot of cases, it's really all you need, right? This is, Steve says, I'm pretty set on Starbrand and Nightmask, but I'm not sure about x or, and then Tony interrupts, yeah. says you're overthinking it. You know, you're, you're, you're being overly slavish to the initial design. And, and uh. it, it's, it's, it's conceptual. It just, it needs to, you don't have to, Lord over it and, and, and make sure you make every move. It right, can right. just be. So it. If I was picking kickball teams, I would pick Starbrand first. I love Starbrand. Damn right. I love Starbrand more than Nightmask, even though this Nightmask is, is a lot better than, than the 1986 <laughs> version, but. Watch uh, your mouth. <laughs> oh, come on. I love Dreamscape. It was a cool movie. <laughs> the, uh, but I, you know, hearing, Hearing Jason's appreciation of the issue and and dissecting it with him and and talking to you about events, it, I, it, giving it a second pass, it I was harsh before. I I have my initial my initial <laughs> reaction. I was like, you know, I wasn't Larry's man. I was just I was like, I was, I was still riding the the um the high from before. But I there are definitely points in this issue where I was like, this is cool. I I it. This could have been an annual back in the 90s. Nice. But you still didn't answer my question. What is the Rogue Planet? Oh. You well, you got to read that. Because oh. I have a feeling it's, knowing Hickman, this is going to be a, another whole part of this whole bigger story he's telling. Okay. And this is going to so, lead into Avengers World? Yeah. I mean, I presume, right? I mean, I Well, if it's Hickman, chances right. are very, very good it's going to lead into Avengers World. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on so. it. I got it. I just haven't made time for it. I think you'll take it. Oh, I'm sure I will. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Christopher, I, why are you quiet? Yes. Why are you oh, quiet? Oh, Scott, Chris. What? What do you got? What do you got? You got to bring something to the table. Well, he brought these out about the punk. Tripe. He bought Tripe. Tri- 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I read, um, uh, I read Shadow Man from... Uh, yes. Oh, really? Did you love it? It's really 90s. Oh, I love that book. You, I didn't say I didn't like it. It is of an era. 
that um, if you liked, uh, you know, image, you know, the top cow. Yeah, if you were a, a big fan of Witchblade back in the day, guilty on which all you fronts. Were, yeah. Issues, bro. I, I was, which I was. That's yeah. Right. I, I didn't read all hundred of those issues. Uh, <laughs> it, felt, it felt very. Am I wrong there? No. That it, that it feels very Top Cow, very early nineties Top Cow. I think it's a little smarter than Top Cow, but yeah, you're you're right. It's it's yeah. it's in there. That was dumb. Yeah. I'm, right. I'm just saying that it, that it looks and feels like a uh, like an early nineties um, you know kind of uh, supernatural comic. So I think it's way. This may be heresy. But I think it's way more interesting than the original Shadow Man. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, the original. I. I, I mean, I, I can't. Still I waiting can't for Aerosmith. The, the, the Bob Howell art. I. I no, that. no, that's good. I and and there was the. Um, yeah, I didn't. I the Shadow Man was probably and yes, and of course there was the Aerosmith, Aerosmith tie-in. But um, Shadow Man from the original run. Um, was probably the one I didn't always that oh maybe even Turok, but I didn't always have to run out and and read Shadowman. Whereas you know, Harbinger, Archer, and Armstrong, Solar, the, those I, I had to read. Yeah, dude. Um, how about Dynamite getting the the Gold Key characters? Well, that's, that's a mess though. I mean, because Valiant now they they're they're split apart. They're it, still it it is a potential mess. But when you hear um, the creators that are working on them, Van Lenti's yeah, doing it's dynamite, it. Dude. I, I mean, know, I, but I mean, still, at least the stories are going to be good. Van Lenti's doing uh, um, Magnus, and I think uh, Greg Pak is doing uh, Turok. How could you? Yeah. see? Come on. Ah. Dynamite finds ways to mess things up. Yeah, but that there's a. True. Could yeah, there's there, around kicking, though. Could there not be a potential crossover here? Dynamite and Valiant? Why not? No, there won't be for sure. In fact, uh, the owner of Valiant's already said as much. Really? Yeah, they wanted the license. I mean, they made, mis- they made no bones about it. They got they got upbid by Dynamite. They, did, they, oh, they, were, okay. they were upset about not having all the characters because, you know, they've been trying to recreate the entire universe. So. Well, see, that that's Apple type shenanigans like wh- why would you hold oh, it dude why would you want to i mean there are main dude they're they're i mean valiant's hanging on by the skin of their teeth why would they hand throw a much better capitalized company a well, bone that just beat them in a battle I mean, yeah but i'm sure things. dynamite doesn't sell buku issues of their stuff either dynamite's a way more successful publisher than valiant way more it's yeah, i think it's a relative success though when, right, when but you, I'm saying it's not close. I mean, I don't know the val- I don't know how Valiant's staying in business. I, I mean, wow. Dynamite's still it's that know, bad. Fringe. Oh yeah, they don't. Yeah, they don't. They sell nothing. It's it's not good. No, I mean, mm. See, I, don't I, I, I don't even think they're in the top what seven or eight publishers. You know, maybe I'm just too nice of a guy because I'm not. You know me, business sense. I have none. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely none. But uh, if I it's snag- no measure the quality, I mean, what I've read of both, I much, I would say, Valiant book for book is putting out a much higher quality product in general than oh, Dynamite. Oh, of but, course, but yeah, saying, that goes without if saying. Going by the numbers, Dynamite seems much better off financially. Right, but I mean, if I was a publisher and I got the license for the Gold Key characters, and I knew that every Valiant fan from back in the day would buy a copy, which you don't know, but I'm assuming that the excitement generated by, uh, you know, these characters mixing again with the Valiant characters would sell i would think a decent amount of books probably more than our books normally sell why not do it what's i mean the business just pisses me off how cutthroat people are screw the art and you know what i mean and and the fans let's just beat the shit out of these characters and just eventually cancel the books right i don't know like i said no business sense whatsoever you're underestimating this i mean you're not 
like these characters are all individual characters into themselves unless they have a intertwined story and then it's a question of it's not as simple as like well let's just have i mean it's then it becomes who's has the rights to the reprints right who handles the royalties yeah who handles i want the i know that interaction, stuff. who yeah. you know who who gets to if there's you know creative disagreements between one versus the other who wins out i mean it's i, I think it's and then it, it, all of a sudden you start talking about all these angles, and it's like, why is it worth it to either side to bother? See, that's I mean, that's I, just wrong, then. I mean, but it, would it, it really sell? I mean, I mean, you again it would it, for a couple what's an amount to a couple extra thousand copies? I mean, and like, then I guess you could pose the argument: well, if the valiant people aren't buying the valiant books, then you know what I mean? What's the chances of this hitting real big? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I just think now, dynamite by virtue of their. Uh, I think one of the things they seemingly. And again, it seems like shenanigans to me, but it must keep. It seems it seems to keep working as they they usually a print a shit ton of covers for their books. Yeah, and B they seemingly you know take a license and run it into the ground by putting yep. multiple books out at once. Oh sure, look at the Mars stuff. The, yeah. the John oh, Carter Green Hornet and oh. Lone Ranger. How how many know, Green Andy's Lone Ranger is very good. How many freaking Green Hornet books are there out there? And have you seen what they're doing with the Shadow? I love the shadow and like shadows cool year, year one or whatever they're calling it, uh, is good. And, but now they have, I think they have like six shadow books concurrently. That's just oh, right. that. Oh, there's too many of them. Way I, too many. Yeah. That's crazy. It's just, I don't know. Uh, well, business is law. I have no business and art should never mix. Well, <laughs> you're, we're, we're talking about the wrong medium then, sir. I know. I know. Yep. Yeah, dude. I mean, this isn't. Uh, you must be happy to see Michael DeForge has got a new uh, home for some some of his works. Yeah, I am. Kodansha. He got. Uh, didn't he get three Ignatz bricks this year? I don't know. Yeah, he nice. he he's he's the, the golden boy. Michael DeForge can do no wrong. He. Yeah. I, I've seen a shitload of top um, 100 lists for you know 2013 or whatever. Yeah, Michael DeForge is way up to the top on a lot of them. Really? And, and he published one book, lose number well, not one, but lose number five. All like a lot of lists, yeah. Huh. I, I mean, I've seen him once. I, I don't. I feel like it hasn't been way up there though. Well, maybe, maybe probably uh, reading different lists. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. It's all good though. <laughs> it's all good. Oh my goodness, dude! You know what? Uh, people got to check out what. And it was actually a gift to to Dap. But uh, and he actually hasn't had a chance to read it all yet because he's been having some computer issues or some tablet issues. But uh, I read it after he is receiving it, and uh, I read it through the site. Oh, cool! I, yeah, the first uh, the, the zero issue. Nice, uh, Chris Sheridan's motorcycle samurai. It is gorgeous. Oh, I saw you. I saw you posting about that. I need to. I, yeah, I need to thank Sean Pryor. For uh, for for hooking a brother up, and I do believe uh, Mr. Matt Burden has also jumped on that bandwagon. Yes, yes he has. Mr. Templar is a humongous fan. He sent us a very giddy email espousing the views of it. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so you read the zero issue, and this is very similar to the way I was praising the uh, Matt Petz's War of the Worlds Volume Two, in that um, this is very much designed for uh, web and tablet viewing. It uh, like if you were to launch the zero issue, I believe it's like 111 pages theoretically, but that's really because each panel is, or, you know, is like is like a transition. So it's it's basically a full size comic, but but you, it it does the transitions for you. Um, and I think it it almost gives it that animation effect, and I thought it was 
it's just really, really well put together as a product in that regard. I, I think more and more web comics should and will be doing it this way, just because it's, you know, why not take advantage of the of the medium that you're provided that you can't get in a, you know, where we're dealing with, you know, people turning a page of physical paper. Um, but uh, I read issues zero, one, two, and the Christmas special. Nice. Um, but I mean, I guess we could just stick with the zero issue and say that it's uh, it's a story about a, a, a as you might imagine by the title, a motorcycle driving samurai, um, kind of cut out of the, um, Uma Thurman in Kill Bill cloth, you know, motorcycle jumpsuit, sword and kick ass. Um, and she is transporting a dude on the back of her motorcycle that you don't see his face. He's covered up in a burlap sack with a smiley face and eyes on it. And, um, in the Zero Issue, you're introduced to them, and they are uh, met upon by a gang of female thugs, uh, each of which is supposed to be a badass, kind of almost like has a Western vibe. It's not a, it's not a Western comic, but it has like this Western vibe to it, where each one's kind of like got their own skill set, their own kind of gunslinger, and uh, and they're trying to keep her from her destination as a bounty hunter. And uh, let's just say it's a um, really poor decision on their parts to try and interfere with her. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I don't know how would you describe the art, David? I mean, the art is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but it's 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 uh, I mean, again, it's it's. I was trying to think who I could compare it to, and I was struggling to find a well-known analog that people would hear the name and say, oh, "Okay, I know who you're talking about." Um, I mean, did, did anyone come to mind when you were? Uh, some comic strip artist, but as far as um, yeah, it's it's not easy. It's definitely it. An independent feel. It's it's nothing that you'd see in uh, in the big two. Some of the line reminds me just because it's not um, it's not slick. It's got that wavy feel to it. Um, Grandpa, I was going to say oh, really? Grandpa for sure. It's not as like Grandpa has a lot of style or detail. detail. Yeah, right. He, he's he's got a lot more lines on the page. But you're right. I mean, in terms of the choice of like the visualization, the eyes, and the the bone structure and the anatomy, I I got that grandpa feel too, definitely. Yeah. There's um, yeah. It's it's just it really is. It's and a little bit like Mark again, not anywhere near as detailed, but a little bit like Marcos Martin in Private Eye as well. That same kind of like angular, linear, almost European way of drawing characters with like yeah. the long. Almost almond-shaped, uh, you know, vertical eyes, and the, you know, the, the and the perspective is from like the side back of their head. Mm-hmm. You're looking over their shoulder at, yeah. at 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 what's going on in the background instead of uh, there's not a lot of um, uh, full, or yeah, even even when you do see someone's face, it's it's taking up the panel where you don't see the top of their head or their chin. Yeah, and it's just it's it's kind of that kind of like Euro feel cinematography. Um, but yeah, I definitely get the Kill Bill um, comparison. The uh, and it just—you don't need to know a lot going in. It mm-hmm. just—you really do. And it—and part of the fun is the um, the animation style storytelling, where you know you you click your mouse or you swipe your finger, and it's it, the panel doesn't move, but someone's hair and a piece of paper. That's being blown through the wind. That's all that changes from one yeah. swipe to the next, and then the middle panel will stay the same. But then the 
top and bottom panels may just move the story along until everything it a lot of it feels like the credits scenes the the beginning the opening credit scenes to like a a, a 1960s western movie um, yeah, it almost feels like a spaghetti western yes pacing and the barrenness of it I mean, yeah than- i mean the, yeah, the 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 dead town that they stumble into that that helps with, with with that analogy but it it is it really is something i it, it the the um i think the christmas special is free so definitely check that out just just to get a taste for um what what the book is all about it it is it, it is highly recommended uh, it, the the thing that really strikes me about good. it is there's there's as you might imagine when the book's called uh, motorcycle samurai there are some really intense action scenes but it's the way that Sheridan isn't afraid to stretch some relatively mundane tasks out but he doesn't make them um they, they don't they're not they they're enjoyable which is like when she's going to um you know they get to this barren town and there's a little you know handheld hand hand pump for water and they they're she's going to fill her canteen and you know it's like six or seven slides of the panel you know of her just pumping the well getting it going the water coming out of the well the water overflowing into the canteen and then her just you know letting it glug down her throat and just how giddy she is to have water it's like you know but it, it, he 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 just he kind of slows it down there and he just makes that act seem like a, just as glorious and and something you know something mundane he turns the mundane into something worth celebrating artistically and um uh it, it in a way it's the visual it, it struck me as like a visual um it's 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 a visual way of, of of treating the mundane in the same way that I always loved about Kerouac, you know, and that you could you know Kerouac would go into these great detail about these relatively simple meals that he would eat, especially in like Dharma bums, you know, he would talk and, and he would turn it in almost like a quasi like euphoric experience just to be cooking some like you know some some beans and you know boiling the water and let in and and that's that's kind of what he does here on occasion. He just kind of slows it down and just just celebrates like an action or two, and uh, and just makes the whole thing feel a lot more important than it otherwise would be. Um, and and it helps impressive. pass the time along because otherwise yeah. anybody else would just draw the panel of right. what coming into the cantina and then you skip to the next panel. And however long you think that gutter is between two panels, that's how long you think it took. Yes, it's all, and it's another exactly. He uses the medium. It's you, you know, even if you're flipping along the panels with your thumb quickly, the fact that he takes six, seven panels to have her pump the water, like David said, paces the story much like animation would. It makes you, you know, with that. If we were just looking on the page, you might just quickly glance over that. But in this, it reminds you. She's taking a break here. She's taking her time. She's refreshing herself. There's a passage of time here, you know. Graham, um, Graham and Stokoe do that a lot. Definitely, and yeah. I think they would be if they if they did you know a project in this kind of format. I think they'd be excellent at that whole kind of thing too. Like you know, I know you're saying like in Profit or, or yeah, definitely King City. I totally do that same kind of thing, and they'd be fine with this too. But but uh, I don't know. Um, I, yeah, like I said, I guess kudos to Sean Pryor for turning us all into this. But uh, I'm sure as all glad he did. This is this is another one of those. You know gems that, um, and this is from Top Shelf, right? So did this first appear on Top Shelf's this like 2.0 website? Is that where this is from originally? I don't know. Okay, I know it's by Top Shelf, so I don't, I don't know. I'm well, you sorry. don't hear that often out of David's mouth. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, never. But uh, yeah, really, really impressive. And I know again, True. David had technical difficulties, but uh, but um, I'm going to try it on um, 
and and granted, my technical difficulties are because I'm still I'm, I'm one of the few still running with my first gen iPad. Oh, yeah. uh, so I'm going to try it on the Fire, and and it was interesting is that it was the same spot even if I delete the Comicsology app, and I we know we know one particular person who works at Comicsology, so I may just text my mm-hmm. friend, but um, <laughs> I deleted I deleted the app from the iPad. And which cleared out my entire library. I reinstalled it and then only downloaded the motorcycle samurai issues, got to that same point, and again it crashed. So either something on that panel is is causing other things on the iPad to, to hiccup, but I will try it on the Kindle and see if it's just my shitty ass luck or if, if it's just my iPad. Hmm. But it worked fine on on the MacBook. I was able to read it with with no problems there. Nice. So there you go, Chris Sheridan, Motorcycle Samurai. Yeah, that sounds really good. I'm gonna have to jump on that. Yeah, real cool. It's real cool. And you know, again, it's not. Um, you know, they're they're not humongous. You know, it's not a humongous time commitment to read these. It's not. You know, you're not you're not committing to a, you know 300 page Jojan or something. Right. Yeah. The. Uh, and speaking of giving uh, giving props, I did read what uh, Jason was praising last week. I read the five issues of the bunker. Oh, nice! And um, and, yeah, and, you get, and and you get and and you get to the end of the fifth issue, and that's what Vince was talking about. Whereas they're repackaging all five issues in one volume from Oni, and um, and then and with some recoloring and. Uh, and some slight changes. N- nothing that causes anybody who read it digitally um, no Scott Snyder to feel that they're right. Yeah, they're, you're not losing anything by the way you read it. Uh, they're just. I think. I think Joe is just trying to um, tweak some things so that things are either clearer or um, as a payoff for people who were trying it for the first time in print. Um, and it was it was everything Jason talked about. I. I it was. It was neat to see um, how they change just by reading letters from their future selves, and and I, I thought that um, that uh, it was it was told in such a way where I immediately wanted to read the next issue just to see where we were going. I didn't, I, I didn't. Um, it was just, it, it, it was the way it was laid out, the way the story was being told, the way these characters were, were being written, and, and the art's fantastic. Um, I, I wanted to see where things were going. I, I, I didn't want anything to be ambiguous. I didn't want to, um, I don't want to be left hanging. I, I absolutely was, um, was hooked by the end of the first issue. I mean, it was great, and, and, Nobody was written in a way where I found this particular person annoying, or I just I, I hope something bad happens to that person. <laughs> I, I I thought that um, everybody had a unique voice, even if um, even if they weren't in the panel and they were saying something off off panel, you knew which character was saying. And I thought it was great the way we were introduced to everybody, because uh, normally 
real people don't talk the way people talk in, in comic books and, and uh Wait, what? When, what? <laughs> but when 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 all five of them are together and you know, someone mentions someone ends the sentence with Grady's name and then Grady mentions Daniel at the beginning. You know, you know who you're talking to in real life, so you don't need to always say the person's name. But here, the way you int- you were introduced to the characters, and and and, and this isn't Fialkov's first time doing this. So I mean, he's 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 an established writer. Um, but this didn't feel like he he's he's got that. Um, well, he's not there yet, but he's got that same way that that that, that I love about Alan Moore that it you you. Everything he's written so far feels different. It, this doesn't. This this reminds me of the guy who wrote Echoes, but it doesn't hmm. feel like Echoes. It yeah, doesn't I can, I feel like I Vampire. So I appreciate that he's not. He doesn't have a default bag of tricks that that, that he falls onto, or 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 just. He's just telling a story. These are some really interesting characters. Even though you know when we first meet them, they're twenty somethings. I guess early twenties. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, they I'm finished getting, college, or right, they're, or, they're right yeah. out of college. It seems okay. Like, right? yeah. So, so, so early to mid twenties, and 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 they're getting ready to move on with their life. And that was the other thing. I, it took me a split second, and and I guess it's because of um, all the lost I've been watching. But it took me a second to realize that I think between maybe it was between issues two and three where um, the uh, where. There was interaction between two characters, and it's it's the next morning at the breakfast table, but then it was told from a different perspective in the next issue. And I thought for a second that it was just it, the night repeated itself, or, or it was the, the actions happened again the next night, but it was just a retelling of the earlier day. It, it, I'm confusing the hell out of it explaining it. I just don't want to give anything away as far as how characters behave, but... Um, once, once I, once that clicked for me and everything else was just moving forward, but to find out that, uh, when, when they all have that realization that they, or most of them have the realization that this, these are letters written from the future because there are things that are written in these letters that no one else would know. Um, it just, it really was, it was firing on all cylinders for me. I just, I, I couldn't get enough of it. And I, I hope it really is successful in, um, in print because I, I think that, uh, that Josh and, and Joe have a, um, really enjoy telling this story. And, and, and I don't want that to, um, get away. I, I don't want that to happen. To, to end prematurely because other people weren't aware of it. I, I hope they get to finish what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Cool. I'm glad you enjoyed it because, uh, yeah, it's one of those little neat little things. You know, I, I love that, that. That's one of the cool things is being able to stumble upon something that's yeah not sort of totally in the ether yet. You know. Hmm. You know, there's a name that we've been bringing up regularly because of the uh, recent. Um, Straight Bullets announcement. That's, of course, David Lapham. Yeah. Uh, the guy seems to be everywhere because, uh, good. That's he, a good thing. He, oh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, recently, uh, I think it was last week, Dark Horse put out, maybe, maybe even this week. I don't know. Dark Horse put out, uh, another David Lapham series. Did you guys check out Juice Squeezers? 
Didn't even know it existed. No. Oh, this thing is cool. Um, it, it takes place in a, a California town called Weevil. Mm-hmm. And I guess the place is infested with, with underground. You're not too far away from the, the truth. <laughs> the, the, the place is infested with underground tunnels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and residing in these tunnels are swarms of giant bugs. Okay. And I guess the, the, it's been a problem in this town since the 70s because, um, the juice squeezers are a group of tweens that actually fight the bugs. Nice. They're, they're, they've been trained to fight the bugs and they're, um, they're, uh, I guess field captain, you can call him. His name is Eric Fitz, uh, codenamed Bug Eye. He was a child in the 70s when the the bugs just first started uh coming around and there was this i mean the the book it, it one one issue and lapham has established this this mythology within the the series where like in the 70s they have this famous battle where the 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 town fought valiantly against these bugs and uh fitz lost an eye so uh i mean he's an Afri- african american man with an eye patch uh, so you, he's kind of a Nick Fury-esque kind of character mm-hmm. without the espionage. Uh, and he trains these kids to, to fight the bugs. And it, it just felt like a really good Roger Corman movie. Uh, there, there's all bug action. Just kids stomping bugs in tunnels. And, uh, th- there's a, uh, a thread going through it where this father and son is trying to establish this farm. And, uh, eventually, you know, your bugs erupt and it, it's just kids mashing the hell out of bugs. But it's really fun because you get all these different personalities, you know, bumping against each other within this setting of children smashing bugs. It was just a hell of a lot of fun. And that's the one thing I love about Lapham. Uh, he indulges himself. In, in these flights of fancy, like, yes, he's known for stray bullets, but he'll go off on wild tangents, like with, uh, Silverfish. Have you ever read that? Yes. From, I mean, yes. it, you can never peg this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That wasn't my favorite way from what, oh, I like it. Yeah. But that's you just know, the it thing. Was, it kinda, it, Silverfish felt like a, an odd pitch for a, a made for TV movie that just didn't quite work out. I got a Carnival of Souls vibe from Silverfish. Have you ever seen yeah. Carnival of Souls? No. No, you should. Um, you should watch it. Uh, what was I going to say? But no, it's just, I, you can't, the guy is just, he seems true to whatever he feels like doing. Like whether it's, you know, the, the hard-boiled stuff you see in Stray Bullets or sci-fi, um, 50-esque, uh, giant bug stories and i mean that, that's all this is it's just if if it was just giant bugs it'd be like yeah okay this is kind of fun but it's the kids that make it special you know and um he's drawing here it's really good he, he's not drawing for stray bullets here he's not drawing for black and white he's drawing for color so there's not a whole lot of that heavy blacks that he uses in bullets mm-hmm. he lets the the line um breathe and there's a lot of uh times where he'll just let the color do the work and that's great you know he can switch it up when he has to i just thought it was great it was a lot of fun and when he goes into the the background of this it was uh the battle of valley may farms took place during the alfalfa harvest of 1970 and the the uh narrative switches to black and white or well in this case sepia tone it looks like a little little bit of grays and no it's all gray a little bit of 
a little bit of Browns maybe, and it's just people just beating the shit out of buff firemen with with uh, hatchets, slamming these ant, giant ants and what look like giant cockroaches, and they're just like mm-hmm. trashing the hell. And the juice is everywhere. I mean, you kill a bug. You get bug juice. And then it goes into the, he said, uh, potato, uh, bug tried to eat my brain, but I, but I chopped its thorax in two and pulled its head right out of my socket. And it's a real tight shot of the guy, yeah, you know, unshaven with the pa- patch on his eye. He's pointing to the patch like, Arr. yeah. I, I thought it was great. It's, it's light, you know, but it's a lot of fun. And he's building this, he's building this mythology. Listen to the pitch. Uh, underneath Weevil, California, an army of giant bugs swarm, ready to overrun the quaint town. The only thing standing in their way, a covert group of scrawny tweens who are able to en- enter the narrow tunnels made by the bugs in order to fight back the seething insect masses. They are the first line of defense. You can hear the drums. They are the juice squeezers. If they're good at one thing, it's squashing bugs. If they're good at another, it's getting on each other's nerves. I hope th- I hope this is a regular series. I really had a good good time with it. Um, colors were by Lee Lowridge. Nice. Yeah, oh, nice. yeah, yeah. It, I I loved it. That's awesome. And it's got a 2004, oh, 2014 I, date on it. Yeah. So I forget. Um, I, that reminds me of another. Thank you to Val Staples for sending his his chocolate or yes. two every yes. year. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Val. <laughs> My wife was was digging. I said, uh, "I'm glad there wasn't a lot." And the couch is glad there wasn't a lot. Oh damn! <laughs> Just kidding. It's messed up. Hot damn. Dude, yeah. so, no, really. Same thing from Val. It doesn't say whether this is a oh, one of four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's called the Great Bug Elevator, Part Dang One. Abby. Welcome to the neighborhood. Welcome to the jungle. Written, illustrated, and created by the great David Lapham. Yes, get it, get in on this. And he he's he's getting where he fits in. He's doing a lot of stuff. People may not realize how prolific he's been of late, but I don't know if this was digital only, but that's how I got it. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end. There's a G.I. Joe-like uh, clip them and save them fact card nice. for, for a juice squeezer. Oh, I'm sorry. Eric Fitz is not the uh, bug eye. He's he's a kid. Bug eye is, is yeah. Uh, Eric Fitz is the field captain. He's four foot, three inches tall, weighs 72 pounds, and his specialties are bossing the squeezers around, drill sergeant attitude. It's just neat stuff. It's This is fun. Awesome. Yeah. I would love to see an animated show of this. Get on it, dude. Yeah, because that's that. yeah for your masters. I have the power to do. I can't handle what I got now. Come on, bro. Suck it. Make it happen, son. <laughs> Keep going, David Lapham. Never stop being so uh, so quirky. Don't stop you do being you. Yep. Mm-hmm. When is that damn uh, Alex Toth genius animated book going to come out? I don't know. I don't know. It's weird how sometimes you'll pre-order something yeah. and and it just languishes forever. Like fucking forever. I or you're busting my butt. I ordered. Well, I'm a, not. I'm agreeing with you. No, I ordered a Wally Wood book. It seems like three years ago. The the complete galaxy illustrations. Yeah. I I, I get I get updates yeah, every I have so often. As well. Yeah, I get updates every so often from Amazon. The, the release date of this book has changed. It's like all the time. Yeah. What's the That's deal? I, Dude, I still have Image United on my. Oh, you never let that go. Because it's still on my list. What? Cancel the <laughs> goddamn. No, they're making. They're perfecting it. Oh please! They're not. Uh, they are. Stop it! They're not. 
<laughs> they don't even know where it is. It's no. in a flat file somewhere. Where the hell's that issue? I Seriously. don't know. It's, it's on, on it's on the story at one point. It's on time. It's on it's on McFarland's test. Yeah, come on. <laughs> mad at him. That's so why boys are afraid to draw. I'm so mad at him. You should. I know, right? I am. But it's not way. Larson's fault. No, 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 it's not Larson's fault at no. all. Nothing is Larson's fault. Dra- Dragon is semi-regular. He still gets it out enough to for people to realize. Yeah, it's still being for a while. He was getting it out every month. I know. I know. I know. Fell off again. Yeah, but that's okay. If it comes out every other month, that's still fine. People, you know, what I, does does I, I, I read the, I read it in the giant hardcover, so I don't pay much attention. But I feel like uh, does Invincible not come out as regularly as it used to? No, it comes out. It does. Yeah. Okay. Now there's two Invincible books now. Yeah, no, I know that, but the other one's not by him. It's by Knock and Todd uh, Knock. Yeah. And uh, who writes it? I don't know because I don't read it. Yeah. Oh, Phil Hester, right? For real? Oh, still doing it? Huh. Yeah, I think so, right? Isn't oh, it Hester enough? I don't know. I think so. I fell off Invincible, too. I, I kind of just had enough. I have the last hardcover, I mean, the la- like whatever, it's the seventh or eighth hardcover unread. And I used to read them the second I got them. I haven't read this one. but I, You know what? Call me crazy, but I would much rather read uh, Astounding Wolfman or Science Dog. The Invincible, just there's just enough. I, I, yeah. I've had enough. Yeah. Sometimes yeah, you need to put a period on the story. Yeah. Yep. Like like Sandman and 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 books uh, where they they have this this uh, shelf date and the the uh, creators were smart enough to realize when their product has expired. Uh-huh. And I'm not saying Invincible has for for me it has. And yet but, Sandman is back. And well, it yeah, it's true. <laughs> Dude, are you getting that? Eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've ordered the first. I got the first issue and I ordered the second issue, but I ordered the um deluxe edition of the the yeah. this single. I didn't know it was black and white only. Like there's no color in it. They 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 print just the, the line art when possible. Like there's certain panels where you could tell that Williams painted it. Well, so there is no line art, but yeah. um oh man, that guy is stupid talented. He's very good. It is absurd. How uh, but I, I'm glad I got it because I'm eventually going to get the collected edition, which I'm assuming will be in heart, in color. And now I have this nice counterpoint of just the line art in the singles, which is you know it. Yeah, yeah, I'm loving it. I thought that it was really good. A little slow, first I, issue. I haven't read the first issue. I once the second issue got pushed back like two months. I was like, you know what? Uh-huh. Stack up. So it's yeah. Infinity, is there a hardcover collection yeah. coming out? Yes. There will be. Should, I read, should I read it? There's, yes. there's two of them. Two of yes. them coming out. You, all you have to do is concentrate on the Infinity collection proper. Don't get the uh, whatever the, 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 the companion. I, I read, I read well, very few, if any, of the times. To be clear, though, to our listeners who may not be as mar- inundated at Marvel, when we say you don't need the tie-ins, I think you mean you don't need to read any of the non-Avengers, non-Hickman. Right. You need, right. Hick, you need the Infinity series proper. The Avengers and the New Avengers issues that Hickman wrote in. And but I think they're all in the, th- in yeah. the omnibus, yeah. yeah. Right, that's what I'm saying. I mean, so, but then, I mean, as with always things, that lots of other, of the these, companion. Uh, right, had right. sort of quasi tie-ins, which you don't need at all, but, but you do need the Avengers issues. Yeah, there were some that were only tenuously linked to Infinity, like, why is, it, why does he even have a banner? Uh, I, don't, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You, you probably see like a little bit of some character growth in, because it, it did come out of the blue with, with, with Sam, with, with Cannonball and Protector getting chummy. So I'm guessing maybe that happened 
in 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 a Captain Marvel issue or one of the other yeah. tie-ins that I just I didn't follow. That like one. Krista has no reason to read the Thunderbolts Infinity right. issues. It's no, just no, you know no, you don't have to. Absolutely not. Yeah, they were fun, but you know not necessary really. Yeah. No, I'll read it whenever it's out in hardcover. Oh, it's so good! Damn. And when you uh, when you read it, Chris, we'll tell you which pages Jason and I own. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, we will. Did you see? <laughs> I, I had a giggle to myself when David put the he he posted the picture of Art's on the wall. Yep. And far right, right near the viewer's eye, you see the the page from from Infinity. He's so proud of that thing. That's the first one. I it's, know. I, I shifted over the Star Trek page, so it's Infinity first, then my Star Trek page. Then the New Mutants page I bought from Joe Rubenstein. Then Chris's Christmas present to me last year, the Gil Kane cover rough. Mm-hmm. Then my present from Lance Kaiser, the, the Gil Kane Batman. Uh, <laughs> kind of made my rough look pretty then, good. <laughs> then the, yeah, but still, then it's the, Kane. Uh, Kane touched then, it. Then the uh, Jay Gonzo Grendel. And then I have, and those are my 11 by 17s. And then I have the, the Tom Fowler Black Panther piece, the Mahmoud Grendel and the Jeff Parker Cyclops, and that's that's the one wall. And then the other wall, I finally put up the uh, the Phil and Andy Green Arrow page that I bought a couple years ago. Sweet, finally, and that's on my Mister Monster wall. Nice, you've named the wall Mister Monster because I have a Kevin Mellon Mister Monster, I have a Gabe Hardman Mister Monster, and I have a Kyle Latino Mister Monster. Yeah, I love it. Sweet, he's a great character. They should do more with him. They should. Michael T. Gilbert. Come on, man, what are you doing? He occasionally pops up in um, what is it? Draw that um, Gilbert has the yeah. Gilbert has that that section in. It's either draw or uh, back issue. One of the tomorrow's books. Probably draw. Yeah. Read them all. They're all great. Yeah. Oh my goodness! So um, what else? Come on. No well, law. David didn't read many comics because he was watching Game of Thrones for the last I, week. Yes. Yeah. I what know. about that? I'm, I'm all caught up on Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh my goodness! And, Wait, you're all caught up? I, I watched all 30 episodes. I finished. I finished wow. Sheen last night. I, I because I had to. I had to take a break after the Red Wedding. I was like, you know, what? I'm going to go to sleep now. I'm going to. I'm going to just let all that. I want to just. <laughs> Try to figure it all out, and then I'll wake up tomorrow and and do my thing. And then and before I went to bed last night, I watched the the third season finale. And and um, and yeah, no, it's yeah. So, it, so you it, noticed that the it's the 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 penultimate uh, episode every every season is yes. the real. It's the it's the nut cruncher, that and is, then. And the then the season finale kind of just kind of cleans everything up and yeah. sets the stage That's sets exactly. the stage for the next one. Yeah, the, the red the red wedding. I was definitely one of those. Oh fuck, people. Yeah. And yeah, fuck. and it's it's awesome because when when um, I realize you know I I got texted from Mario from Pat Loika and and I'm reading the Game of Thrones thread on the forum. I'm going through all 41 pages. I'm only up to wow. about. I'm only about a dozen pages into it, but dedication. Well, I wasn't going to, and I, you know, much respect for everybody who and and. and where you read that? Forums. Yes, sir. In the monkey's room, but it's it's. Um, although I I I had to pause while reading some of the posts in that thread because the other mic was very prolific there, and it was it it, it was nice for me to see older posts from him that. Um, 
uh, in a thread that I'd never been in before. Whereas, you know, he, he was, he, he was always on the other board. So it was nice to see another thread that yeah. is a couple of years old and I'm reading posts from him and, 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 um, but seeing Jason watch it and then at the same time reading the, the first novel and, I love that everybody was hiding things here and there because since I haven't started reading the books yet and, and, uh, I wasn't sure if they were going to talk about anything that happened in the books and whether or not they were going to, but even though I saw all three seasons, I didn't have to really worry about any spoilers for what would be coming. I just didn't want anything from the books to spell in, but everybody was very respectful in, in the thread and it's, it's been a blast seeing people's reactions to um yeah, because obviously there's a certain family who you see as the heroes and right. the red wedding really and actually and there's something Vince will not Vince may love the series up to a scene where he'll probably curse Jason Pearson. Oh they for, kill babies in Graham Game of Thrones? I ain't watching no damn baby killing series. <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> but it's, it, it's when when you look back and think about everything leading up to that, um, and and as I was, my friends were texting me, the people who you want to be the heroes of the story really kind of do bring it on themselves and make oh, yeah. poor decisions. And, oh sure, and yeah. telling it to Renee, it's like you know, and and Rob and, Rob made his bed. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's not something you wanted to see, but you can absolutely understand why it happened. And, and, and there's no, you know, there are, every time I tried to time it when Renee was coming into the room that she would see Khaleesi and the dragon. So she'd be like, Khaleesi, God damn, I love her. She is attractive. Uh, I'm like, I'm like, you know, she's like, oh, this is pretty. Cause whenever they're, whenever they were in, um, and 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 Karth or anywhere on the other side of Westeros, it was pretty. You know, Renee enjoys seeing the sun, and and but you know, she really wouldn't be into anything happening on the other side of the wall because we we can look outside and see fucking snow right now. So <laughs> she, I, I'll just I, tell her winter is coming. Winter. So, um, but I was explaining how it, it's extremely well written. I mean, one of my favorite favorite moments was when. Arya was talking to Hot Pie, and, and it's, they're, they're leaving him. Hot Pie. That's his name. That's the fat boy's name. They're leaving him at the tavern, and he goes, "Well, I'm not. I'm. I'm not a Stark of Winter Hell." And Arya's like, "Winterfell," and he answers back, "Are you sure?" And I'm like, "Are you motherfucker? It's where she's from." But it's the way things are written, and I don't know how much is actually lifted from Martin's books. I I I don't know if if the dialogue is the same, but it is just. It sucks you in, and you cannot look away during that hour it's on. And and nothing else is happening in the world around you when 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 I'm watching an episode. And it is um, it is absolutely one of one of the few reasons to own a television. Yeah, I mean, and, and yeah, Tyrion is just amazing, and and it's uh, one of he's one of my favorite reasons to watch the show. Arya, yeah. Jon Snow. Um, it, it, it was great seeing um, Littlefinger's great, and it's funny because I watched. I was watching Game of Thrones, The Wire, and the Wire. I had no idea he was from The Wire because you know, as you know, I didn't watch The Wire until this year, and I watched the whole thing, and I was like, oh damn! And then even after seeing him on The Wire, I didn't know he was. I didn't put the two together the until 
until so uh, Karne- you, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, Karnick, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, yeah. It's just the cast is ridiculous. It really, it's, uh, is. it's amazing. You can't. It. They, they, they did such an awesome oh, job. Sarah Connor from the Sarah Connor Chronicles. See, no, I didn't. I, I didn't watch the show, so I'm. Would, oh, okay. Which, yeah, it's Cersei. Oh, 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 uh, Lena Headley. Yes. Okay. Most recently on Suits. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. no, no. That, that, that's no, no, Michelle no, Fairley. That was no, no. Uh, that's that's uh, Caitlin. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Caitlin's yeah, yeah. Cersei, uh, is, uh, Cersei was Sarah Connor John, on Sarah John, Connor. John, okay, John, yeah, I never was, watched Sarah Connor. Uh, big. Uh, she was also the bad guy on uh, Dread. Yes, yes, she was yeah. with Scarlet. Yes, that's right. Yeah, which was fantastic. Um, Lena Headley, yeah, yeah. But it is. It's no. It's it's extremely. It's 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 visually stunning it's it's well written the characters are amazing it's it's um yeah i can't there there was one death where mm-hmm. it, i i was seriously i was like mother of all the characters to to oh, die season one it was no it was it was past season one i'll tell you guys off because i don't want to okay, spoil yeah, it yeah. but it was um yeah so, I, spoilers everyone fucking dies oh yeah <laughs> Eventually, yeah. The joke going around after the red wedding was, uh, "Why is R.R. Uh, R. Martin not on Twitter? Because he's dead. Because he already killed all 140 characters. Yeah, yeah. How nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and it's interesting because it's becoming, you know, now that we're, uh, I mean, David is mentioning the 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 books. The you know that's uh, these are like the holy grail works of of. Literature for Jay Tomio. They're like, you know, some of the favorite works I've ever. I've noticed that too in the thread. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's major, major, major into the books. It's so much now, so that, uh, when I started reading the books, he would like send me like pop quizzes on it because he was like so, so, uh, into them. But, but, um, but I will say that, you know, there is theoretically, um, in about two years time, a, a period of awkwardness because R. R. Martin has been real slow to, to yeah. even indicate he's oh, even the show's going to catch up to the books, yeah, absolutely, and 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 he's not done with the story, so um, it'll be interesting to see if we, you know, if, if we get to the point where he either is like, I'm just not, you know, I'm going to go at my own pace here, or he rushes it because he's definitely not anywhere close to finishing the next. And I, really I think when they slap the check on the desk, he'll be like, Yeah, I think I'll finish it. Well, maybe. I mean, I, you know, again, I, I can't speak to the longer term fans, but I know the last book, Dance of the Dragons. I know some people complained about a feeling that like he because he had taken forever for that as well and that he finally rushed it out because he felt the pressure but you know i don't know if that's really fair because again that's still i mean at the time he he finally hit the print i mean it was still three four years away from becoming being on the tv show so i i don't think it's fair to say he rushed that out but are are they big books huge couple hundred six seven hundred pages yeah um yeah i'm 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 gonna start it so each the three seasons are the first three books, so I can read the first book and not worry about anything um, in the future. Well, the first two seasons are the first two books, and then the third season is parts of the third and fourth book. Okay. They took uh, a little more artistic license because I think, I mean, I, although I don't know for sure this is why they did it, but I'm guessing because of the way that the third and fourth books are structured, um, the, the uh, without giving the books away, the, the third book focuses on a set of characters almost exclusively. You know, and it okay. doesn't do as much, uh, so I think they probably are, basically, I mean, to be honest, I mean, basically it comes down to, I think they did it this way because they couldn't have had, um, if they did it book by book like they were doing, Khaleesi wouldn't have basically been in the third season. So, they, oh, okay. They, oh, okay. They, and obviously that wasn't going to happen because she's one of the breakout stars of the, of the series. I, so. 
I absolutely love Osha. I think I, and that's the other thing. Like they, they introduce a character, and you don't think much of them. Or the other thing I was telling Renee is that people do bad things, and you want to see bad things happen to them as a way of revenge. But then they they drag it out where you end up being empathic to the person now being mm-hmm. exactly the the people Jamie. you originally think are, are villains. Yeah, yeah, Jamie's the perfect example. You, Jamie, Theon. It's like it's like just just ja- I, right. I, I, I was you so mean, happy. He's supposed to be this. You know, this. He's this. Well, he, he's not supposed to be. He is this. Uh, this uh, you know pompous, oh, arrogant. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, um, uh, incestual. He attempts uh, to kill a little boy. You no, know, right, exactly, and uh, but you know, but by the end of the season you just watched, you know, you you really understand him as a full fledged character. Doesn't doesn't mean he didn't do those horrible things. He still right. did, but but uh, but there's a lot of um, honor to him, and, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 uh, the cool thing about almost everything that Martin does, and and I think that if there's some if there's something about the the show that I would say is 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 missing. From the books, is, 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 other way around, something, if there's one thing about the books that is missing in the show, just by nature of the fact that the show has to truncate a lot since you're talking about, you know, six, seven, eight hundred pages per book, um, is the sense of, you know, Martin is like Tolkien level in depth here in terms of world building. You know, like he, he will spend in the books, you know, uh, Chapter upon chapter, telling you about the lineage, uh, you know, of the of of the characters, and and you know, you know, son of son of the house of this, you know, and and and, and again, that's you know, for some people, that's a put off. Uh, you know, if you that if you're not into that kind of writing, it can be a put off. But one of the things I think he does masterfully in in the books, and then I think the showrunners have done a nice job of conveying as as best as they can in a truncated form, is the you know, all these decisions are. Uh, intertwined and explainable like in the grander scheme of things you know like like um like uh even with uh the decision like like for example the the the, the jamie you know and Cersei incestual relationship it, it's definitely frowned upon and they definitely keep it a secret but at the same point in time what um that the targaryens um mm-hmm. are, are viewed in the in that world and again i don't know if the show does a great job of explaining this but in the books you know the, the targaryens are basically when, when they were rulers of the world they were basically like the aryans they, they were considered the perfect human being not hum, not perfect yeah. human beings but no, they, they were, kept it in the family yeah the perfect beings and and as a rule the targaryens committed incest because they wanted to keep the bloodlines pure and so um well he it, he was i mean that was the whole setup is that he was going to wed his yeah sister. correct and they show that part in the in the story, but I mean, but like in yeah. the books, they really go into how this was like, and 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 it was almost only the noblest of noble people com- committed incest because they wanted to keep the bloodlines clean. And so, in a way, Circe and Jamie, this is a testament to just how uh, almost supernaturally beautiful and powerful and well rounded the, they were because they were almost as good as the Targaryens in terms of their bloodlines and the worthiness of their of their bloodline to be continued. Like it's very very clear from the from the beginning how much uh rr martin despises uh the aristocracy it, <laughs> it, it, he is he is not not a big fan of of royalty at all at any level i mean yeah. not even not even that's, with the starks i think that's true i mean um but you know at the same point in time i think he also um I mean, I think one of the underlying things about the show and the books is that 
you know, there are ways of doing things in this world and they're proper and they can't be broken. Like, again, like you talk about the Red Wedding, like they had it coming because they fucking broke a promise. Like, and seemingly in our world, you look at that and you're like, well, damn, I mean, that's a tough spot for that dude to have been put in. Like, meaning that's their world. That, that is everything. That is, that is world. When he agreed to marry her, he agreed to fucking marry her. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and to not do that is like as big an affront as you could possibly commit to someone. So, so like, uh, you know, like, Dude got got, you know, like they say in the white, got got. He, you know, he, it's his fault. He commit, you know, he committed the crime. Now he's got to do the time. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great. And the other thing I love about it, and I think you really get a sense of this. If you, and, I mean, cause I watched the first season of the show before reading any of the books. Um, is, you know, they leave you hanging as to like whether or not there really is magic in this world. I mean, you know, and t- I mean, oh, wow. obviously at some yeah. point they have to let the cat out of the bag, but, but, but even then you're not quite sure of, uh, of, of just how much magic is there. Cause, you know, for most of the first season and the first book, they, they refer to the days of the dragons and you see the skeletons and you're not sure, like, why well, are they just skeletons yeah. of like other creatures that they think are dragons? And then all of a sudden, yeah. like, oh shit, you know, oh wow. Well, it's like, it's like, you know, like, you know, the, the Cyclops, you know, the, the whole legend of Cyclops. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. is from elephant skulls. It's, yeah, exactly. You know, so, so it's like, yeah, you you see these, you know, gigantic, you know, elephant skulls, and it's like, oh, that's from a giant one-eyed man, and and so yeah, they 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 definitely, you're right, they they kind of danced around that, and it wasn't until what was Khaleesi with the dragons? Was yeah, that yeah, it? yeah. She yeah was mm-hmm. in the fire. Yeah, mm-hmm. right, and you're like, oh, okay, well, shit, Israel. Yeah, and but the cool thing is, even though you, like you know by then, obviously, and then from henceforth that their magic is real in that world, they treat magic as truly rare. Like it's not like all of a sudden everybody's got fucking powers. Like right. like the magic is super rare and super freaking powerful. Like a dragon is enough to own an entire you know continent pretty much. Like like you know the, the like a witch that can bring back the dead is like one in like a you know a million. That's not like that's yeah. a, it's like being a, a superhero. There's nothing, you know, there aren't a million witches running around that, that can fucking craft potions. It's, it's a rare freaking thing to have that ability. It's rare to have, you know, so, and, and they also, and again, I, I love how they play then with, since there is magic, but it's super rare, like, are there gradients of magic? Like, is someone like Jamie, who's far and away the best swordsman of his time, like, is that, partially because he's almost magical or is it just because he's a great swordsman? Like they don't really answer those questions. They leave them for you to sort of let your mind wander about it, you know, and, 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 and I love that, that they don't necessarily just feed you everything. They just give you a structure. And ultimately I find it probably satisfies more people than it would otherwise, because we can, we can make those decisions internally. You know, I can think, Oh, well, Jamie's, you know, got a bit of magic blood in them, but you can think nothing of that. And it doesn't mean make either of us right or wrong. It makes the story, that much better for each of us and i I just i think that's great yeah yeah and you know it's and it's all obviously you know going to to come to um a conflict between what's coming from the north and beyond the wall and what's going on with khaleesi i mean that is the song of fire and ice it it, that is going to be i think the the ultimate confrontation which will be neat yeah yeah i don't want to give anything away but (laughs) but yeah I mean, there's a lot, a lot more excitement to come, obviously. Oh, yeah. And, and the, the, you know, the show, I mean, I think if the show, I mean, the one thing the show does, um, I mean, put it this way, the show is much more adherent to all the main issues that, that, than, uh, than say like The Walking Dead has been to the comic, you know, um, where Kirkman's pretty much just let them go in their own direction completely. Um, but, 
but but that said, I mean, one thing that they do, as 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 is often the case when you're adapting written works to 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 visuals, you know, they they truncate or combine a lot of characters. You know, they uh, you know they 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 they'll they'll they they'll make a character, you know, play multiple roles on the TV show, like you know, have multiple story arcs that otherwise might have been kind of one and done, and then you know, so. Uh, but but for the most part, it's been the same. I mean, Tyrion, Tyrion's wife—that's a whole thing. That's not really that's really made for TV. Okay. Like I know that there's a, a great site called Westeros.org. Okay. And uh, when I was first reading the books, I would go to it because every every week after the episodes come out, they have a a page where they'll compare the um, the mm-hmm. the book to mm-hmm. the TV episode. And uh, I would read that religiously. And and the thing that I think most of the hardcore book fans. Most are bothered by, although I think yep, you can understand why this is, is that uh, where the show takes the most liberties in terms of just creating stuff out of thin air is usually the tits and ass. Like it's usually when we're seeing chicks <laughs> getting banged with their titties hanging out or sexy, mm-hmm. you know, because that stuff's just not in the book. But uh, but you can understand, again, because it's HBO and they want right. to you – know, you understand why they're putting it in there, but I think they often complain like that that's not in – you know, if if you have seven hundred pages of material and you can only use basically a hundred pages of it, like do you need to create, you know, ten minutes of sixty where you know girls yes. get and I say yes. I mean why not, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That was the other thing when when I was watching it initially, well, when I first started watching it and Renee comes downstairs and she sees I think it was when um Littlefinger was basically telling his life story and while while uh two new acquisitions were having tryouts and Renee's like Oh, that, that's why you like the show. <laughs> I'm like, uh, mm-hmm. no, that's but it's there. Too. I mean, yeah. yeah. Marta's so like, what the hell are you watching? Yeah. What is it? Yeah. And it was one of the issues, one of the, one of the episodes where it was just, it was just like, you bang, bang, fuck, fuck, like every three seconds. <laughs> she was like, what the hell? Is this like Skinamax? I'm like, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's awesome. There'll be dragons in a minute. So, yeah. oh, great. Yeah. And the other thing too is the, um, the, uh, the the there's moments in the TV show where there's overt homosexuality, yep. and and in Martin's books, those are, you know most of these things are alluded to in the books. Like uh, like in the books, they imply that Renly, like through flowery language, is 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 gay, but they never they never commit to to, to making that to consummating that fact. Mm-hmm. You know, which uh, like 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 he and Loras are you know the best of friends and. And many, you know, it's alluded that they're lovers, but that's, but it's left, it's left to your imagination in terms of whether they actually ever consummate it or if he's just sort of torn about it. Whereas obviously in the show, clearly he, yeah. I mean, from Jump yeah. Street, you know, there's clearly no yeah. ambiguity there. So, uh, and again, I don't think that's necessarily a wrong decision to change. I think that's just a, uh, you know, again, it's a visual medium and, and they want to kind of get the point across without having to, you know, spend six chapters alluding to it. So I, I think that's it's a, it's a fine change in the book. I mean, from the book, but but it is you know a little different in how they approach it. The the third season ended in a way where I thought it made me wonder if they didn't know if it was going to come back for a fourth season, especially with um uh-huh. yeah no just the really? way some things like like they they kind of left it as I'm watching it. It was the only one where. Because I didn't feel that way after watching. I think they were pretty damn sure it was going to be back. No, no, it I'm was... sure, but it was it, it, just the way some of the things played out. It was almost as if they were like, "We're not sure when we're coming back, so you can just have certain 
scenes play out in your mind. And, and it was, it, it ended, the third season to me ended differently than seasons one and two did. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because I, I just, again, it's, it's part of me wishes I hadn't read the books. Like, especially like when, she, when episodes like The Red Wedding happened, because I knew mm-hmm. that was coming. But other part of me makes me kind of giggle and be giddy because, uh, I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I will tell, like, but I do know for a fact that, like, so many of the relationships that, that, in terms of people that hate each other, people that love each other, people that get along, people that don't get along, that you think are, like, entrenched are going to be totally flipped on their end in the upcoming seasons, you know? Like, they're yeah. going to be people allied that you never thought possible, and they're going to be people, you know, trying to, trying and in some cases succeeding at getting at each other that, you know, you would never see coming. And I just, I think it's, it's kind of like, I can't wait to, there's going to be plenty more mouth agape moments. Nice. You know, unless you read the books. I mean, like, you'll be like, what the fuck? You know, like, I, so. I decided that I, you know, I don't want to read the books because I enjoy the show so much. Yeah, no, I weird? totally get that. I, I, I mean, again, like I said, I, I, I didn't read any of the books until after the first season and then uh and then read them all that summer and uh and and uh so I so I, I mean I, I think what's that? I might read the first book just to see what it fleshes out that wasn't in the first season. Yeah, I might, definitely. I, I, might definitely. Go, I might delay it. I might, I I probably will watch the show and then read the book. Sure, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Um but yeah, I mean as you can hear I I think it's a just it's one of the best shows on yeah. on TV, I think. It's uh, Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. And it's one of those ones where I think um, you, people need to give it like an episode or two, you know, because oh, yeah, cause even I think the first episode is a little dry and boring, and it yeah. does kind of set you up into thinking it's going to be like a, uh, you know, a, a, a like a, uh, almost like a, a medieval soap opera um, without a lot of the, the, the action, you know what I mean? It kind of, I think it's a little bit not representative of, of what's to come. But you know, I think if you if you if you if you like the first episode, you're 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 all in. If but I know lots of people kind of watch the first episode and are like, eh. But but I would definitely watch the, the, at least the second, oh, so and then yeah, so good. That, that yeah. The uh, well, mm-hmm. uh, oh. he, the, the um the minion warned me that it starts off a little slow, but he also um gave me the heads up that um one thing early on will probably uh piss me off oh, in yeah. May. So and that was. And There's it, been lots of moments of that. I'm I was gonna, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, there are some clear and unapologetic moments yeah. of animal um, uh, cruelty. I'm surprised it didn't put you out. The way the way I viewed it in the first season with with what Ned had to do is that um, it it served the purpose of the story. It, it established who the characters were, and I didn't I didn't look at it as it was gratuitous or they were just trying to shock people so i i i was fine i accepted what happened the after the red wedding when we got the the, the season finale and and um the phrase people are doing what they're doing and and introducing the king of the north that's when i was like i think that may cause renee not to want to watch it yeah yeah. Well, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Cause, and, and, and even that, and, and even the, the episode prior, it, um, it, some things happen where it's quick. So it's, it, no one is really lingering around in pain, especially animals. You know, it's, it, it, animals are usually dealt with pretty quickly. So, um, it's that, that also somewhat, 
helps. What? It's not, uh, it's not a pleasant world. No, no, it isn't. And, and that, you know, and that's the other thing. It's like when, um, during, during the battle at, um, Blackwater Bay and you have, you, you have, um, it was absolutely awesome. And you have, um, the, the rightful king attacking the land and, and everybody's lined up against the, the wall trying to get in and you see the people in King's Landing and they're just dropping boulders and rocks and someone's head gets squished. Now that, that happens and, and that's fine for this show, but it just reminded me that the only times you really saw anybody's head getting squished in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, they were orcs. You had no problem seeing orcs being beheaded or, or disfigured or mangled, but you rarely saw a human, uh, any man get seriously fucked up in the Lord of the Rings movies. But here, that's, that's what's going to happen. You are going to see people, you know, chopped in half and, and, or with a sword from shoulder to, to pelvis. Mm-hmm. It, it's, yeah. and that's, which, again, because of the presentation, because of this world, because of what they've established, it's, it's acceptable. I, I, nothing's been, nothing happened has happened so far where I'm like, they just did that because they really wanted to shock you. That's never happened yet. Right. And one of the things I think that, uh, you know, as you, I'm sure you noticed, David, well, I'm curious since you watched them all so close together, if you noticed as much, but how, how the, the effects and the budget increased year to year, um, you know, because uh, like in the first season, you know, weren't you to the dire wolves and they're basically, I mean, understandably just wolves. Right. And, and I think that is a little bit, uh, I mean, I understand why they did it, and, and they didn't have the budget. But, but I do think it does understate the creature. Like in, in the in the books, they're gigantic, you know, almost mythological creatures. Like they're, you know, they're 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 huge. You know, almost like uh, like Frazetta style. You know, like like like. Oh, okay. You know, um, and, and and obviously they didn't do that in the in the in the TV show because they didn't have the budget to CGI wolves. You know, and they could just use real dogs. But, but. Uh, but it's important, I think, because they, I mean, like, yeah, they're loyal, they're loyal pets in the, in the, and they play an important role in the TV show, but, but it is lost a little bit in the sense that, you know, um, in the books, they're like fucking serious assets. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, and the other cool thing is, the other thing that Martin does, which is just again why I say he's like Tolkien, is everything he layers in is all by design. Like, he must have one of those psychopathic, like like uh story rooms where everything is mapped to everything else you know what i mean <laughs> like for example like the 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 direwolves and the you know they're you learn early in the tv show and that the direwolves were you know given at, that that they found john snow found the pups in the you know in the in the north and and uh and and they were going to kill them and then john convinces you know ned uh not to kill them because there are five of them, and there's for five of his That's kids. Sigil, yep. You know, and then there actually ends up being a sixth direwolf, which is an albino, and that is, of course, then becomes the one for Jon Snow, who's his, you know, his adopted mm-hmm. son, bastard son. Um, and, and, but the, 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 there's all kinds of nuances there, because it's not, I mean, yes, you can make the obvious connection of, okay, there's a sixth for the sixth, and he's an albino, he's special, he's, spe- but, but the other thing is, is like, in the books, they go into detail about how direwolves are these giant creatures and mythological, and they hadn't been seen, uh, south of the wall in, you know, in, in ages, much like dragons. And then all of a sudden they stumble upon a litter of them. 
It's like you you wonder like so th- that has meaning like how did they get there like how, how did how did these mythological wolves and what happened to the mom like and how did, how are they behind why are they behind south of the wall what does that mean you know and uh and like all that stuff kind of just like you don't need to embrace it but you realize like martin fucking thought all this through like he, oh, he yeah. gives you clues all along the way and then like you'll read three books later and you'll be like oh my god i they talked about that like 2000 pages ago holy shit you know like so uh, it's impressive man it's an impressive feat i need to read the book okay. stuff. i'm gonna read the first one yeah you should hook it up especially after jason and i are, are damning back and forth today and we're talking about it, all the shit that we still have i know like we have so much read, time to add a giant novel so today. yeah so let me let me go ahead and throw that on there and, and you can <laughs> barrel through novels a hell of a lot faster than i do i mean i think the, the only time i really barrel through a novel seems to be like when King writes them, but otherwise it takes me. It, I don't know why. It just it takes me forever to read. Well, I have the book. advantage of uh, of not having to drive to work like you do. That is true. Yeah, I, mean, I sit. I sit while somebody else drives me. So, yeah, you know, I mean that helps because it's. I, I get a lot right. of my reading done, especially novels on my Kindle. You're my iPad. Oh, I would love to. I wish I could yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah so. We have completely shut Vince up by talking about here. I know, For right? real. That, that's, that, that's For real. This is the quietest Vince has been in, like, ever mm, on the so, show. So, all right, so so Martin and Game of Thrones is Vince's... Is to Vince what uh, Marvel is to Chris. <laughs> nah. Or what Crossed is to us. I, I enjoyed well, hearing it. <laughs> I just have too many bad movies to watch. There, I, 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 can almost, <laughs> I can almost guarantee that I will never watch Game of Thrones. Wow. It's too much of a commitment. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. It, but I don't... I, it's it's thirty episodes so far. I don't nah. know if it's that much of a commitment. Now, nah, Big Tits Dragon will always trump. Big Tits Dragon will always trump Game of Thrones. Yeah, that cannot be real. Tell me that. it is. It's very real. Big Tits Dragon. I have oh, the movie. I'll give it to you. Yep, you're the best. That's awesome. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, because I love you. Hey, <laughs> who else you love? I have to go to Wisconsin. Let's wrap this shit up. Oh Jesus! Well, hey, didn't say that halfway through the 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 Game of Thrones talk, but now we done. We gotta go. This episode of uh, Eleven O'clock Comics has been brought to you by HBO. Uh, <laughs> nice. No discount comic book service, DCBService.com, where you can get your favorite funny books and collectibles at huge Wumba discounts, 35 to 75% off. Get them fast, get them safe, get them secure, get them delivered right to your damn door. EOC 8's the code. It gets you an extra 8% off. And they are definitely, by far, no contest, the best. DCBService.com. In your travels. I'm loving this book. It's from Avatar. Dun, dun, dun. Written by Max Brooks. Who's that, Jason? Who's Max World Brooks? World War Z, baby, That's baby. Right. Mel the, Brooks the, is a son and World War Z author. The mind behind World War Z. Uh, this is something very similar. And then, by the way, the movie was good. I mean, it's nothing like the book at all, but it's. I, I really like the movie. Yeah. I got to get it. Um, illustrated by the great Rollo Caceres, it's the Extinction Parade. Oh, nice. Issue four. Uh, here's the setup. The world is inundated by a zombie apocalypse. Okay? Not too far removed from World War Z. But there are also uh, groups of vampires tromping around the place. And unlike in the past where vampires have had, uh, you know, ruled the roost, they didn't have to contend with technology 
this is modern day, so the vampires had to operate um, as vampires do clandestinely. They would have their human-based facilitators that would smooth over the rough spots like they have to get to the coffin you got to have a human there to make sure your coffin doesn't get fucked up in the daytime right so a vampire would would uh, adopt a human uh, protect them from other vampires and uh, in exchange for them you know being their little hand people handmaidens or handmen uh, but now since the shit has hit the fan vampires don't have to contend with any of the restrictions they had they could just operate Whenever, and again, they don't have to worry about surveillance or the internet or the, the proliferation of, you know, home video recording uh, material. Like, it's, it's, an, it's like an all-you-can-eat buffet for the vampires. But, and this is what, uh, to what the title alludes, they're stupid. Uh, and in this issue, one of the uh, humans reminds them of the fact that your food supply is steadily dwindling. I mean, look around you. There's there's zombies all over the place. The zombies are eating your food. Uh, what are you going to do when there's no more food? And, I mean, the vampires are just having a field day. There's one scene in here where they just savage a group of humans on top of a building. And uh, and this is where uh, one of their... Uh, one of the, the two main characters, their human decides to kill himself, and he's like, you guys are done, and you don't even see it. You're going to either starve to death, or you're not going to be able to eat zombie chow, because it's not going to sustain you. They only have blood. So you guys are done. And uh, in, in the fine Avatar tradition, it is a vicious friggin' book. <laughs> it is just, I mean, there's, there's no, it doesn't have the sex that... Uh, crossed has but it does have the violence i mean the the human in in this issue gets torn apart in ultra graphic detail uh, how's the artwork it's rollo caceres it's outstanding he he's i love this what guy else has he done? um a lot of crossed oh okay yeah, no but he's great um <laughs> no i just don't have a frame of reference he is killing it on the covers especially this cover uh, it's a wrap. I always get the wraparounds. Every Avatar book, I get the wraparound cover. Um, it it's a uh, you see on the top portion of the uh, both of the front and back cover the vampires, uh, the slaughter on the rooftop, and then you're looking down into the carnage on the street below, and the top of the building is bathed in blue and 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 very very cold colors, and the street scene is a f- it's on fire. It's an amazing cover, and he uses the wraparound to an uh, outstanding effect. I mean, it is perspective-wise, it's awesome. Top down, it's just it's he's amazing, and every cover he's been just killing it. Caceres is the standout. He is the star of, at Avatar. He's the absolute best they have. He's the uh, like the Robert Atkins of IDW. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. He's great. Mm-hmm. He's he's really good. So I mean, if you like your 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 horror wet and sticky, but there's a lot of things to ponder in here. It's it's Max Brooks, so he gives you like the zombies. There's a lot to chew on. So there you go. Get get the extinction oh, like parade. I love it. Love it. Uh, a couple things. We can talk some more TV in a second. But uh, I had talked a couple weeks ago about Molly Danger. I had finally gotten my, my Kickstarter and had a chance to, to read through all of it. It's really good. Jamal Eigel understands 
fun superhero comics. So if that is uh, is your thing that you want to see uh, a, a, a teenage ish girl, and I won't spoil it, but a teenage ish girl. Uh, punching giant robots in the face and <laughs> and working for the the greater good and and also trying to figure out her place in the world so uh some great character moments is uh, to go along with the the fun superhero action and uh, you know, there's uh certainly shades of gi joe in there in her her action team that she that she works with uh, very very good stuff and and Jamal uh, great artist and just really gets fun superhero comics. So, uh, get a hold of a copy of Molly Danger and support everything that's, uh, coming out of Action Lab because those guys really love comics and we've talked about it quite a bit. So, um, uh, back to some TV, something I've loved. And I think David in particular would really enjoy this. Have you seen Lily Hammer? Uh, we saw the first episode. Keep I, watching. I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, we, um, it's fun. It really, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's Silvio just transplanted somewhere else and, and, yep. um, and speaking yep. of animals, there, there, there was the, the unfortunate incident in the bar, which not, didn't quite turn Renee off, but it was, um, poor you know, Lily. Just, it, it was, um, but it was, it, I really enjoyed it and, and I want to see now that he owns the bar, I want to see, uh, I want to see it continue from there. So I'm, I am. Netflix continues to really impress me with their original programming. They're doing. I don't stuff know if that, I could. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could actually call it original because I think it just. I think it premiered in 2012 mm-hmm. overseas, and now Netflix is just airing it. Whereas I think because if you look uh, at IMDb, right. it came out in 2012, and I really do think that it was probably mm-hmm. an original show overseas. But- Netflix okay. has it, unlike House of Cards and Orange is the New Black, which I believe are original shows. Yeah. Well, it's fantastic. Check out, check out Lily Hammer. It's very fun. And it's, it's just that. It's, uh, think, uh, Silvio from The Sopranos in Witness Protection in Norway. Oh, oh, this is the thing with, uh, okay, so, uh, yeah, with Steven we'll, we'll, we'll Yeah, well, okay. no, then you're exactly right. I only know that, David, because he was on Stern back in, I mean, it had to be at least more than, Probably well, it was two years ago, and he was filming it. He, yeah, so he and he was going over to Europe to film it. So, oh, okay. yeah, you're right. It, it definitely wasn't for Netflix originally. So it's yeah, okay. Well, they they have they have co-opted. So. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Excellent. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, I would agree with that, Chris. Um, and I'm probably, I think, tonight when we're done here, I'll probably go downstairs and grab the um, World War Z DVD that uh, Derek. Coward sent me a while ago, so I'll probably finally watch that. Um, but in your travels, I'm going to say um, I'm going old school. I started um, rereading because I don't have enough shit to read for the first time. But I started rereading um, from 1980, the Wolfman Perez New Teen Titans, and wow, uh, yeah, I'm going to. Uh, I started with the first issue, and over time, I think I'm going to at least get up to the wedding of uh, Donna and uh, Terry. So um, that'll include the Judas contract, the introduction of the uh, Adrian Chase vigilante. I'm just I. It's been years since I read any of these issues, especially any of them consecutively. So I um, I'm looking forward to this. So 
all of the issues, um, aside from being in that, I believe, out of print omnibus, uh, the first volume anyway, and the second volume is out. Uh, they're all available, um, on Comixology and probably in any back issue bin at your local comic shop. So, um, I just, I, I also really enjoyed, um, as far as crossovers go, uh, the Uncanny X-Men, New Teen Titans, one shot. And, um, I just, it, it really is a, um, takes me back to, to, to when I would flip at the, uh, around on the spinner rack in, in Massachusetts where my grandfather would get the paper and, and, and I'd see a couple of Titans issues and, and that's pretty much where, um, I became a fan of, of these characters and, and going back and finding the old issues. But now that you can get them digitally very easily, um, and, and there are some aspects where just like if you read old, um, Roger Stern or, or Jerry Conway, Amazing Spider-Man issues, there are some aspects of it where things are a little dated and, and, um, may not make as much sense if you've just started reading comics in the past 10 years. But as far as stories go and, and, um, character growth and, uh, seeing characters who, if you are a DC fan now, um, seeing characters, how they were over 20 years ago, um, they might be pretty neat. To, to give it a shot and check them out. So there you go. Nice. I'm going to probably surprise some people uh, with this inner travels. Um, but uh, I want to take you to DC proper, to the New 52. And, you know, I avoided this book like the plague for a good chunk of its uh, post-New 52 launch. Uh, for a good while, it was written by Ann Ascenti, and it was mm. well. Yeah. But a funny thing happened on the way to the Coliseum. Um, uh, issue number 17, they handed off the reins to, uh, our friend and neighbor, Jeff Lemire, and the art chores over to Andrea Sorrentino. Yeah. And, um, although I knew that at the time, um, you know, I, I guess because I'm not historically a huge Green Arrow connoisseur, I didn't really pay it much mind, but as I've been seeing... You know, the nominations roll in for the Oscars and different year-end awards on different sites. I'm seeing a consistent reverence for Lemire and Sorrentino's Green Arrow. So I uh, gave it a try uh, this week, um, and I can see why the uh, appeal. Um, I would view issue 17. I have no idea um, what happened, if, if, it, if it's picking up. Uh, in any great way with what happened before in the series, no, although it's, it's not important. Yeah, from my understanding, it's certainly not of consequence. I mean, nope. so you basically can view issue seventeen as is basically another relaunch of the of the character in a whole new direction. And although it's way too early to say because we're only a few issues in, I will say it very much to me has the feel of when Daredevil was uh, was was reinvented. Uh, you know by. Uh, you know, after the Marvel Knights era, and um, and and it, Sorrentino's art is wonderful, uh, and you know, obviously Jeff is a very accomplished writer at this point. But but I will say that I really dig it, and in no small part, um, although it is not analogous to the TV show Green Arrow, um, I think Lemire is bringing that same sensibility to the character that uh, that obviously is working for so many of us that are enjoying the TV show. So, in a roundabout way, I have to credit our 11 o'clock voters and DAP because I probably wouldn't have still given this a try in spite of the rave comic reviews were it not for enjoying the TV show as much as I am. So, 
Um, I, I can't recommend this highly enough, and I'll put it to you this way. I'm only reading two new 52 books regularly, and that's Batman and Wonder Woman. And uh, this is what I've seen so far has convinced me to make this a third, at least as long as the mirror's in the book. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's really well done. Very, very well done. I, I think I've read up to 23 or 24. Okay, cool. But, right, good, yeah, good. no, it's, it's, it keeps getting – I haven't read the, uh, the Vertigo villain issue yet, but it, it's um, – That's That was the one that hooked me. Okay. Oh, is that right? So, yeah. I, so we're all reading it. Yeah. Yeah. That's I haven't. I, I was. Yeah, I, I wanted to finish the the because they're introducing that. That was one big thing is that they um they're bringing a character from the show into the DC universe. Um, they're introducing. Diggle? Yes, they're introducing okay, cool. him in the comic, and cool. uh, and yeah, and there are there are definitely some aspects where um they you'll you'll see in later issues where um that it um. It'll click because you saw it on the show or something like that. Where they, they, it really wasn't part of Green Arrow's history pre New Fifty Two, um, but it kind of is now because of the show. And and but it's still its own thing in a different direction. And it's uh, it looks beautiful. But yeah, even even Lemire telling Ollie's story, um, it's great. I mean, it looks and reads differently than the sixteen issues and and the Year Zero or whatever. The, the zero. I don't. Was it a zero issue? I don't even know. But it was. Yeah, there's was, a zero issue in there. Okay, and it, it and it was drawn by um, McDaniel, and I think it was Winnick who wrote it. Yes. But um, and it's it's a neat little kind of quick little fill-in origin esque story. But you don't need to read any of the earlier issues. You shouldn't read any of the earlier issues before issue seventeen. Wow. Um, a- I did. I did. <laughs> Just don't experience my pain. Is all I'm saying. It's it's. Uh, there were one or two neat things, but overall, um, I mean, some of these stories were just ridiculous. But yeah, no, it, it, Lemire was definitely a welcome change and, and it visually looks different and, um, very different. You really can't go wrong with starting with, with, with 17, like Jason suggests. True. Word. That's it. Right. Oh, we're not out. We're not out. Okay. Two things. One, we do have our 300th episode coming up in two weeks. I don't know if we've decided if we're going to do anything special. It may just be a regular episode. We cannot We cannot do a video episode unless you just want to see... Well, they probably do just want to see events, but we're not doing a video oh, episode. please. Yeah, I will be in a hotel room in Minneapolis, so... Uh, Ooh, we will do a video There you go. Oh, you keep putting the quarters in the bed. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get that 24-hour Pern package for $25.99. By the way, word of, word of to, to, to business travelers, I love how these all these places, when you go, they say, like, oh, discreet billing. Dude, like, you have to be a fool to get the Pern on the on the thing, because it's like discreet billing, it's like $20 a movie. Like, someone's going to know you spent 20 bucks on a movie. It's Pern, people. Anyway. For um, real? 20 bucks a movie? Yeah, oh, dude. Yeah. did you just bring your iPad? Exactly. Yes. Nah. But, uh, but but so but so so I guess to be determined that you know whether we're doing anything special. But but the other thing is 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 within the next probably not next week because it's short notice. But and and not for episode three hundred. But probably I'm guessing we'll have to talk about this. But I'm guessing maybe for three hundred one we'll be doing our eleven o'clockers. Sure, that should be enough time, right? That gives us two and a half three weeks. Um, nice. And I have to say. Um, I am overwhelmed by the response on SurveyMonkey. I think we have a good shot of having over a thousand submissions by the time. Chris, 
Yeah. So, uh, which is pretty impressive to say the least. Um, and, uh, you know, which is just, just awesome. Uh, and, and you can, you can find that again on surveymonkey.com, uh, backslash S backslash, uh, 11, the numbers 11 O'Closkers. Uh, there's a link on our forum thread. Yeah, as well. just come to our forum. I mean, you don't have to sign up. You can just if you don't want to. Yeah, well, by the time you actually yeah, move. but yeah, but, but so on that front though, I mean, because I know a lot of our listeners like to kind of contribute, but they wait and procrastinate. So you consider that you basically have, let's say, another ten days to vote. Because at some point, especially with this many votes, uh, although Survey Monkey makes it easier, it's still a lot of things that need to be like kind of rolled into one because you know people. Like Hickman versus John Hickman versus Jonathan Hickman and everything. So, um, so I would still say that let's assume by like two weeks from now, if you haven't voted, your vote's not going to count. So, you know, get, get in now and, uh, especially while it's top of mind and, you know, we all have our homework to do too. Cause, uh, yes. My, uh, my three clowny clown, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, Look at the spreadsheet. Oh, my two, two of the three clowny clowns. What? Uh, I got everything in my head. I got everything in my head. All right. As long as I don't get hit. All right. Cool. That is awesome. Happy New Year's, guys. Happy New Year, brother. All right. I got to go to bed. I got to go to Wisconsin. Bye. Enjoy it. Enjoy the cheese steak. Bye. Must curl. The first openly (laughs) gay starting quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Um, You think so? I do. Does it matter? Do you care? Uh, actually, to be honest, I would care if he was, if he came out. I think it would be great. I think it would be amazing. I think it would be super cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I don't care in a negative way. I think it would be awesome if it's true. If he does it, I think it would be amazing. But I don't understand this day and age why it friggin' matters. Exactly. Uh, it should, it should, a, but it, it should, but it does. In an NFL locker room, for sure. Yeah. Uh, why? Because they're homophobic the mentality. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, that's wrong. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. But what, and again, just as having two kids in in the youngest levels of tackle football, unfortunately, those. Stereotypes and 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 uh, bigotry exist very much even at those levels, just because there there's this still silly notion that somehow homosexuality you know equates to being you know demasculate you know emasculating and or you know non feminine on the lesbian side, which is just ridiculous. But but it's so the 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 more I mean think of it this way, Vince. There's been no to date. There's been no openly gay active player in any of the four major North American sports to this day. And we know statistically yeah. that's just absurd. I mean, you know, it, what, it, there are what uh, roughly four hundred. No, well, we know that there are players that have come out after. Yeah, there's there's sixteen hundred, but there's sixteen hundred active pl- uh, mm-hmm. players in the NFL, and you know, there's another couple five hundred say in the NBA. God, what Chris like uh, what uh, a couple thousand baseball, right? And and mm-hmm. so so sure. there's there's literally there's probably five hundred to a thousand currently homosexual professional athletes in this country, like on the major sports. And mm-hmm. we don't know if any of them. I mean, it's just silly. So um, there were reports this week that, uh, and again, I, I have no idea if they're, if they're ultimately true. He, he's come out and said they're not, that, that Aaron Rodgers is, is, is gay and is considering coming out. And uh, he, he actually this week said he's not. So, so whether or not, you know, who, who knows, but, but I, I hope if he is, if he is gay, I hope he has the courage at some point to. You know how you can tell if he's gay? Oh no! Yeah, uh, no. You throw him. You, you throw him in in the water. If he sinks, he's gay. If he, oh, no. why did I know that? If he floats, it no. It's just like it's like the friggin' witch, witch trials. This is yeah. stupid. Yeah. Books, dude. It's so stupid. Man, what does it matter? If 
you're gay or not. Yeah. Who cares? I'm, 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 I'm right there with I'm you. I'm sure guys. he's not licking well, not his lips. Well, not with, like, the drowning part, but well, I'm right I was, with I was being facetious, <laughs> but I'm sure he's not, like, drooling when he's in the locker. Oh, no, no. Well, what like, I hate on. is that is that it, it, it gives me some amount of cam- compassion for a fucking Packers player, which I, I hate. <laughs> Don't tell me he's not on the Packers. <laughs> I'm surprised talking to me after that ass whooping we put on you a couple weeks back. Dude, I, you were so nice to not try and bury my nose in that. Because nah, I couldn't. If, oh, if, it just if keeps coming. If it were reversed, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I would have I would have been like texting you at like 2 in the morning going, hey, remember that play? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. Hey, we, we yeah. What, what do you think about the cut we're signing? Um, well, as I was saying on Twitter, to, I think people don't think about the fact that they, they confuse the monies that a, a player gets with them all of a sudden being validated as the best player at their position. Uh, wh- who, the highest paid quarterback is typically the last guy that had a contract. The last one was fine. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and that's all. I mean, um, yeah. it's really a three-year deal, and yeah. it's it's a $17 million a year deal guaranteed, and that's that's perfectly reasonable in today's NFL for a, a starting quarterback. I mean, I don't my, – My question for people that are grousing about it is uh, what's plan B? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. exactly right. So, um, it, so yeah, I, it was, there was there was no one in line there, and we all the also have a tendency, well, like most people, to to forget how bad things were whenever things aren't so bad. I think we do that with the economy now. We don't we don't remember exactly how fucking bad things were in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. You know, it's oh, yeah. and it's the same. It's the same. It's like you know, it's fucking on the fucking edge of the cliff. Same thing with Bears quarterback situation. It was so bad for so long, and Jay's been here for what four or five years now, and so that the the memory of how fucking bad it was has kind of left. Do you know who the all time leading yardage passer at Soldier Field was before Jay Cutler? Uh, I don't know this off him. I'm guessing some Harbaugh. No. Mm. Uh, Jim McMahon. No. Bob Gar. Mm. No. <laughs> Brett Favre. Oh, trick question. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, but Favre. it kind of tells you yeah, exactly yeah. how fucking bad it was for for a yeah. really long fucking time. So yeah, no, I'm I'm glad Jay's here. So boy, God, if we just tortured Vince the last hour of the show, I just find it amazing how how the sleepiness waxes and wanes. I was sleepy. Oh, I'm not sleeping now. That's amazing. You got a second win. No, uh, I God love him. I got to be up. I, I got to be on the road. Or I got to. I got to polish Chris, one my. One last broom. thing. Uh, Beth is <laughs> loving the uh, the camera. Love it. Oh, awesome! I was going to ask you. I was going to uh, definitely talk to you about it this week. Although she's already some... got lens envy because, uh, like, yeah. one of our buddies who's like a major, major photographer on like your level, he's actually been selling some photography. He uh, he's got one of those motherfuckers that like is twice as long, and uh, it's all about. Yeah. Camera envy is like dick envy, and uh, you know it can like basically zoom in on like the pimple on a you know uh, on a player from, like you know three hundred yards away, and uh, it's like a three thousand dollar lens that he has. Though I asked him, yep. and I'm like, well, yeah. if I can, you can. Yeah. <laughs> like, why don't you master this one, and then we'll get to worry about getting you a lens that can go that and that, that that close. No, she 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 got she got a good lens. Um, if you want, if she wants a, if she wants a little bit more reach, um, that Tamron seventy to three hundred is a real nice lens that's not going to kill your budget. So that's cool. All right. Well, maybe 
maybe for uh, her birthday or Mother's Day if she stays really into the photography. She's actually about to take a class, so um, if she keeps up with it, I'll get you to re- remind me of that that lens. So, yeah, and seriously, um, tons of online resources. Don't spend a whole lot of time and money on on classes and seminars and stuff. A lot of that is available online. So. Yeah, no. In fact, uh, this, this a friend of ours again, the same guy. He uh, he gave he let her borrow his. Uh, his credentials to a like an online uh, course that he's oh, nice. a fan of, yeah. so she's awesome. uh, been checking it out. So yeah, yeah, cool. It's it's definitely cool. It's, it's another cottage industry into itself, right? It's a whole other obsession. Oh, but, uh, oh my god, dude! It it is it's a fucking rabbit hole. Um, how's the video on it? That's what I'm interested. You know, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I haven't seen. I mean, I don't know that she's taken much video with it. To be honest, she's just been yeah. loving the. The, the ability to get close-ups and candid shots. I mean, you, you were right. I mean, for sports, it's great. I mean, the candid photos. I mean, you know, we're getting, you know, literally in the air doing stuff, and it's just awesome. So it's really, really neat. So Yeah, super, yeah, super focusing engine on that. That's awesome. Uh, for people that might be listening or haven't tuned out, it's the uh, the Canon 70D, and it's yeah. it's it's awesome. It's uh, I'm going to be interested in the 7D Mark II when it comes out, but we'll see. So, All right. Let me go to bed now. All right, as Vince will say, probably in the uh, show notes, worst episode ever for Vince. But... <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Not even close. Right. He heard his friends right. happy about shit. That's right. All right. Love you guys. Night, Chris. Night. Night. Drive Night. safe. Yeah, peace. Oh, yeah. Take off, E. You done recording, Vince? I still am. It's well, still I running. Tell, I want to tell Jason who, who I felt bad about when I died. I got oh, wait. So I should stop it. Yes. Good night, people. Peace out, um, y'all. Join us uh, here again next week. That's right. Same uh, time, same channel, and we'll be uh, here with a nice cup of uh, warm whatever you want waiting for you because we love you so much. You're right. No. No. Don't be so cold. I I'm like a big old cold bear outside, hug. yo. Right, that's why you should be warm because it's cold out. It's, baby, it's cold outside. Yeah, let's, I love this. Date rape song. Stop it. I, that's why I don't get it when they say that. She willingly stays with him. It's not like he's drugging her. It's also the Blurred like Lines song. Goddamn like 40s. That. Yeah. Well, come on. They, it's a different goddamn time. They, they stopped in the 40s, too. Exactly, but it wasn't. Anyway. Right. I don't like that when they say that. But it's a date rape song. It's such a happy song. Well, Blurred Lines. We going to float. Good night, people. Good night, y'all. Good night.